Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, we have a Track 7 Spotlight this time around, which I'm actually really pumped because it actually wasn't my idea. And I'm just going to say it, this is my, this has been my favorite brewery in Sacramento. For a while. For a while. I mean, we used to argue, and you'd always, I, you, you always just I'm on the record, Track 7. I'm on the record for so, years. Yeah. And you know, for a while I was I was losing that that battle. You know, New Glory was the titan mm-hmm. in the uh, well. If you want industry. to include if you want to include Greater Sacramento, I think we have to throw in Moonraker. And even though they have like a one in five hit rate for incredible beers, and they kind of like yeah most of the time. I mean, they still put out some killer beers and a couple of cool sours. Yeah. And then we just talked about last uh, time on the podcast that uh, Imperial Peanut Butter Stout they made that was I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty great. Um, Track 7 is just one of those breweries that just delivers. On If you go to any can release, or if you just show up on any weekend, um, 75% of the board's going to be a B-plus or better, right? I mean, just eat the staples, yeah. the extra stuff they release, they're, they're, the experimental stuff they do is kind of wild sometimes. Like, you and I are one of our favorite sours of all time is that, that the honeydew sour they made. It's kind of odd, right? You would look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of weird, but it was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. One of my favorite beers they've ever made. So speaking of sours, um, this uh, podcast was inspired by the, the the release of the four OES sours. Uh, was the end of June they came out with? And yeah, weekend. it's one of the best yeah. series, beer series in, in the era. You know, mm-hmm. beer series meaning uh, when a brewery will do a, a beer under a certain title, and then we'll do variants with the same title, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of a theme thing, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like a themed a themed series of different types of beer. So this, oh yeah, is a sour series, sort of a Kool Aid inspired sour series, and the the watermelon one that they made. Watermelon was good. Oh yeah, version three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like probably the best one. It was probably it's probably my favorite. So one. so this is I I have to be full disclaimer. I had a small flight of these. I, I didn't believe it. Uh, when this came up, but Jordan and I both love the watermelon version three. We agree the strawberry aged really well. That was a good mm-hmm. one. We, the grape one the aged grape, surprisingly well. It wasn't very good yeah, when we first had yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. we we uh, conditioned it for a year and then it turned out to be not so bad. Like it was actually it was pretty good. good. And then at, what was it? Five or six? They jumped over to seltzers, hard seltzers, and we both kind of went, eee, you know. I still yeah. never had one. Chris has had yeah. it. I haven't had a seltzer. I'm not gonna spoil my my experience because actually our first First beer that we're starting with today is the Oh Yeah uh, Seltzer, the Sharkleberry Finn Hard Seltzer that came out. Um, Great. Let's I, I just, uh, you know, our experience with uh, Trulies and uh, well, White Claws, you know, I dabbled a little bit. I tried them. I was curious. I thought Hard Seltzers were terrible. I never liked any of these things. I always, actually, my favorite Hard Seltzers were uh, LaCroix, which you guys make fun of me for drinking LaCroix. When have I made fun of you for drinking LaCroix? Maybe it's not you, but I Logan and Miles. I didn't even know you drank LaCroix. Logan and Miles. You drink LaCroix? so much <laughs> shit. Yes. See, now Jordan's on board. He's going to give me shit now, too. But basically, I thought, hard seltzers. Why don't you buy a LaCroix and a bottle of vodka and splash it in there? Because that's basically what hard seltzers are. It's either malt liquor or a dash of vodka with some fruit juice and some bubbly water. Mm-hmm. That's really all they are. And... You know, I, I, one of my favorite ones that I used to make was the key lime, uh, LaCroix, the key lime LaCroix, an actual slice of lemon, or a lime on top, squeeze a little bit of lime, put it on the side of the cup, or throw it in, and then, like, two shots of Tito's vodka, which is made with corn, for some reason that goes really well with citrus-flavored things. And that was far better than any hard seltzer that I've ever tried. 
Okay. Right? So that's kind of where my thing was. And then if you look at the health uh, benefits, or like people say, like, you drink Trulies or Heart or White Claws or some of these, like, the Bud Light seltzers or Corona seltzers that are coming out. Like, they're low carb, they're low sugar, and whatever. If you look at the can, you're basically drinking a Bud Light or a Coors Light. It's a couple of carbs and 100 calories. So for me, I'd rather just have the Coors Light. Give me the beer. I'm not going to drink a, a free bubbly water thing if I can have a Coors Light. Try it. Uh, my first taste of a hard seltzer. Yeah, so this is the Sharkleberry Finn from Track 7. Have a drink, Coors Light. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll let Jordan go first. Because when you think of a hard seltzer, it's sparkling water, a little bit of fruit, and a shot of malt liquor. All right? So is that what you get from this one? I don't get so much of the malt liquor vibe per it's, se. Yeah, this one it's it's much more refined than that, right? Uh, this is this is fine. You know, it sort of tastes to me like if you were gonna get like a like a fruit punch carbonated soda mm -hmm. and it was a little flat. Mm. Oh. That's kind of what it tastes like to me, but it's better so, than that. That didn't give it a very smell it. Smell it and tell me it doesn't taste like a Flintstones vitamin canister. For sure. I was gonna yeah. say it, it smells sort of like high C fruit punch. It does. Kind of both. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a really light flavored uh, high seafood punch with some bubbles. But it's a mild carbonation, which is yeah. nice. I think that's sort of what makes it taste flat, but or it mm -hmm. gives you the impression like if if you taste like a really flat Coke or really flat Sprite. Yeah. But because it's sort of the actual vision for a seltzer. Sorry, I'm you know people who drink seltzers probably get it, but um, but first, I would. This is my first time, which is why I'm sort of describing it that way. I would argue that this is similar for drinking a hard seltzer. You know how people... I would just rather have the beer. You're right. Exactly. I'd rather have the Coors Light. But, but no, this one's pretty good. This one's pretty good. The, my, my argument here I'm trying to make is when you and I talk about Fort Rock, uh, Folsom Damn Good Pilsner, like that's a really good Pilsner. And people go, well, why don't you just drink Budweiser? It's way cheaper. The difference between a Budweiser and Folsom Damn Good Pilsner is... Oh, it's not between, even close. This is the difference between like a Truly or a White Claw and this hard seltzer from Track 7. Okay, this, cool. This is a very good one. That's my impression. Was the Fort Rock damn good Pilsner is, is, good is Pilsner. next level. So, I, I actually, this drinking this uh, Charcoalberry Finn from Track 7 makes me regret passing by some of those hard seltzer releases, honestly. I wish we could go back in time and try some of those. Because That's how I feel before one, we got into sours, when we made uh, some yeah. of the Track 7 sours. Yeah. We used to call people douchebag hippies for drinking sours. And uh, especially because Track 7, uh, second best sour brewery in the greater Sacramento area. Well, I'm going to hold you to that because the next three are not seltzers. They're actual sours. reason, here's why. Okay. I think Mraz is better because Mraz does a wider Ooh. breadth. Of things mm. with their sours. Yeah. Now what Track Seven sours. does? Oh boy. Track Seven is better. Yeah. They're, so they're like, more experimental. Okay, ready? Here's another basketball comparison. Miles is mm. here. Miles is gonna love this. Sorry, so Miles. Track Seven for sours. We can call him real quick. You know, no, 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 that's fine. Okay. He's gonna love this because of <laughs> Track Seven for sours is Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Mm. Okay. The Skyhook. Track 7 does the kettle sour, more or less. That's what they do. They do the kettle sour. They do the skyhook. Kramer mm -hmm. Dulce Bar did the skyhook better than anyone. Has most points scored in NBA history. Yeah. Right? Still not the greatest basketball player of all time. But because, he was friends with Bruce Lee, and that's pretty rad. Uh, that's true. 
Um, but Michael Jordan is considered, or at least even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wasn't even considered to be the greatest scorer of all time, even though he scored the most points. Hmm. Michael Jordan is considered to be the greatest scorer of all time because he could do it in so many different ways. I was just about so, to say, is it is it the level of difficulty to which Michael Jordan was able to score points? Like some of the moves he had to pull off? It was just a variety of ways. So it's a little bit yes to what you're saying, but also just the variety. He could do it inside, mm. he could do it outside, he could do you know pull-ups, fadeaways, he could okay. do he had the whole bag. Whereas his criminal you know, just had his one thing. I like your comparison, but I would honestly like to flip them. I think Moraz is more specialized. And track seven kind of covers so. more bases. No, the when was the when was the last time track seven dropped like a barrel aged sour? Because Mraz has done that. Yeah, but when's the last time that Mraz dropped the stout? Or Mraz dropped no, 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 I'm talking specifically sours. Oh, uh, specifically so sours. Two different arguments then. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So maybe as a brewery, you could say track seven's more diverse. My, mm. That's why I said track seven's second best sour brewery. Yeah, but that's why I think track seven's, seven's great is because of all the different styles. They're still the second oh. best sour brewery. Yeah. Oh man, with with having the, the ability to hit this hard on something that I mean, you can consider them as a specialist in sours, but they also do really great IPAs. They but their kettle really sours great. are better than Morass's kettle sours, so that's yes. that's sort of the caveat. Is you can yes. definitely make a case for one. I'm also, uh, for the sake of interest in the podcast, you know, trying to to make a little bit of a hot take. But I think mm. realistically, you can make a very strong case that they're they're two. Mm. I don't think they're lower than two. Like no, track seven hits really hard in the sour game. Yeah, they, they bring it. They so. bring it. Their kettle sours wreck Moraz's kettle sour. I think Moraz makes good kettle sours. Track sevens like like the oh yeah the watermelon oh. the honeydew we're talking about. They wreck. Oh. We've only had one bad sour from track seven. That was that margarita sour. Yeah, and that was still okay. I mean on a day like today where it's 97 degrees outside, I might if I saw that ice chest and I, I saw a Bud Light and I saw a Truly and some other I might I might take that margarita sour and drink it's that. It's all in Canada, I think. I know I have a can of key lime. Just kidding. Okay. No, I'm saying like like as bad as that was, I might still choose that over some of the other options at a barbecue on a hot oh, day. Sure. So it, it did do a good job of representing a margarita in beer form, which is hard to pull off. To being honest, it's kind of tough. That's but cool. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this is good. You know, the Oh Yeah series has been pretty great. So on a day like today, hmm? uh, sitting by the pool, could you throw a couple of these back? Oh yeah, this, that's what I'm saying. Like, this yeah. is this is great for a hard. This, to be honest, this is tasted so good that I've I just in the the time we've been drinking this because I'm so interested in really getting into homebrew, mm. uh, that um you can make your own hard seltzers. I'd be interested in trying to make this because you can keg them and put them on draft on your oh yeah on your kegerator. And aren't they easier to make than make an actual beer? Like a whole beer? You know, I don't know. I just know that you can make them. I actually haven't looked into the process of making hard seltzers. Because, huh. um, I mean, I know this is like future site and all that, but this is the worst of the four-pack. So I'm, I'm hoping you're excited now for this four-pack. I'm really excited for that blue one, even though it's only 3.5%. The blue one is interesting. So that's this is why I wanted to – so I have, on a hot day like today, I have two Yeti metal um, vacuum-insulated – They'll keep your beer warm, or keep it cold, even though it's a warm day kind of deal. I wanted to use glass. The reason why I showed you these, these, and then I have the uh, the mason jar pint glasses and those little sample glasses. The colors for these, especially for these sours, are very, um, very much a part of the beers. Great. 
It's uh, it's part of the experience. So this blue one, who you and I had a couple of green beers, a couple of blue beers. It's always really exciting. So this one's got a really nice pink color. It's a seltzer, you know. Um, this, oh, yeah, um, what is it, uh, electric blue. And it's very much, it's like a it's like a Sour Patch Kids uh, blue, Sour Patch Kid candy. It's very blue. It's very tart. But it's also very blue in color, which is exciting. When you see it on a flight or you pour it in a glass, that's cool. You know, when you're drinking beers, we're talking about malt color. You know, is it yellow? Is it pale? Is it, is it amber? Is it brown? You know, this this one we're talking about sours. Is it blue? Is it green? Is it purple? It's it's kind of wild, right? That's good. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like throughout the, the day today, here we're gonna have uh, we got these four, and we got a couple others after, a couple other IPAs after this four pack. But we'll see how I do. Prediction yeah. for me. Um, I might have a hard time placing this because this is the first seltzer I've had. Also, when yeah. we talk about our honorable mention, which there is an honorable mention, mm -hmm. there's an additional note I'm pretty sure I forgot to bring up in last episode that mm. I just remembered while we were talking about this. Mm. So when we bring our honorable mention up, when it comes up organically at some point, I'll talk about what I forgot yeah. to mention in the last episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, the last episode had a lot going on. We had Miles here. We always have a good time when Miles is here. It's true. Love you, Miles. You know. Fuck you, Logan. <laughs> Logan, you gotta listen to the podcast, man. I mean, your friend, uh, your friend's gonna listen to it, and you're not even listening to us. So, I mean, what, what does that say, man? You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel kind of betrayed a little bit. All right, finish your seltzer. Let's move to the next one. I'm excited. These sours are great. Hmm? Track seven sours are great. I'm say I'm already, I'm already excited. I, I'm but that was like a, a tart seltzer. So Fine. now, now we're getting into the sour territory, great. single sour. Uh, and again, keep in mind the color. Is part of the experience, Ooh. right? This blue color is this, awesome. This is comparable to uh, when we did those uh, Warhead Sours. Uh-huh. Which the color for those was a little bit less exciting than this color. And, like, this is this is a blue. Oh, this one has an aroma. This is a very... Cheers. I want to so, jump right into this. After drink words, bad luck. If blue had a smell, right... Okay, that's nice. It's got a little bit of body compared to that seltzer. This is more of a Berliner Weiss. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Three and a half percent, yes. Absolutely. Okay. So we're walking our way up. What's the alcohol content on that Sharkleberry hard seltzer? Five and a half. Ooh, it didn't taste like that. Yeah. That so, went down nice. So I'm going to put these in order real quick. At three and a half, which, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. This is more of a, okay, correct pronunciation, Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. If this is more of a Berliner Weiss, would you rather have this or Light Duty from Thinline, which is the Berliner Weiss that can be flavored with different syrups? Mm -hmm. I think this one, if we had um, Light Duty flavored with Blue Raspberry, I would like to see that side by side with this one, the uh, Electric Blue from Track 7, before I make the decision. Because I think... I would like... Uh, so they made what they made what's on the can at 3.5%. Yeah. I would like no, to see almost like a 6% version of this. That would be a little be bit more body. But this... That's what I'm saying. Coming from the seltzer to an actual... Now it's a Berliner Weiss where you're getting into sour territory. You taste the difference in the body, the back yeah, end. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. This this got a big booty. You know I mean? Compared to that seltzer. At so, 3.5, which is funny. But this will get you drunk quicker. The, uh, yeah, the hard seltzer will, definitely. So what would you rather have? On a day like today, I think the hard seltzer is a little bit easier to drink. General, general. Oh, in general. general I don't know. If I'm just having a beer, which 
we we drink beer for flavor. Like I'm I'm a, like a hobbyist. I like trying variety. I probably would go for this this electric blue. Yeah. So it's pretty. I mean, exciting. I'll tell you if I read the cans and hadn't had these beers, I would. I mean, I'm a sucker for this electric blue sort of theme. Mm-hmm. Like I would grab this every time. Yeah. Over this Oya hard seltzer, but I do think that Oya hard seltzer is probably better than this electric blue. Like I think even on a hot day, like yeah, this is super drinkable and it's nice. I think I would like if I'm missing the body, I might as well get the ABV from it. Sort of my yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. When you have a beer that has more body, I would argue to a certain extent, there's a diminishing return where it becomes less refreshing after a bit. If you get start having body to sure. a beer, they're both good. And so if you have a beer, that's why people like Coors Light, Bud Light, uh, the sparkling waters, the hard seltzers. There's no back end. It's just like. You're just tossing them back on a hot day. You know, there's not, it's not like, um, well, you and I are kind of weird. We like we like sitting here. We like tasting the first taste. We like tasting the breakdown. We like tasting the body. We breathe out through the nose, get the get the aroma. We smell the glass. You know, we sip it a couple times, swish it. We get the whole thing. But most people just throw it back. And if you're just throwing back Well, that's beers, what I mean. Is it, yeah. If you're just throwing it back for the day. That, I mean, let's be real. As much as you and I taste it, there are times where we're just throwing back beer. Yeah. Like, okay, so, like, New Glory Gummy Worms is a perfect example. We've had yeah. that beer plenty of times. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a really great beer to pour a pint of mm. and do some homework or do some work or, you know. Yeah, it's not, too, it's not too invasive on your senses. Yeah. You can do other stuff. So, I mean, we would, as by our standards, we'd be getting less of an experience, but it's the perfect beer to kind of do that. Whereas, like, Goose mm-hmm. Island. Like, like not, That's your whole evening. Like, yeah, like, I need That's, to sit down and enjoy the glass. In of itself. Yeah. And really focus to, to truly enjoy it at the at least at the price point. Yeah, thirteen bucks a, a bottle for seventeen and a half ounces. But I mean, even for this, if these were both the same price, five dollars a pint, six dollars a pint. I do the blue. Yeah. I would probably I would do the blue. I, I I know myself well enough to know I'd do the blue. Um, just because it's, the the branding and the aesthetic of the beer is something I'm. I'm so I'd get the blue. It has more body, more back end than the seltzer, but it's still not too much. I mean I'm not so I think the seltzer was good. I'm not into seltzers though. So mm-hmm. like it's gonna take a series of good seltzers before I'm gonna start being injured. Like, oh this looks like a cool seltzer. Mm-hmm. Like it's never something I've yeah. I've thought. This would be the only one that I've ever had that I would drink again right here. But I'm saying that this this sour blue, or the electric blue is balanced. There's flavor, there's body, there's aroma. It's not overwhelming. It still goes down pretty yeah. easy. It's still crushable for a sour. Cause it's, Second know. episode in a row, we've had something that technically wasn't beer, by the way. Yeah. That's true. Last, last episode we did the mead. What the so hell's wrong with us, man? Seltzer. What are we doing? We're going to start doing wine tasting Beer buddies you know? for life, yeah. <sighs> I mean, to, to stick up for us, you know, the, the beer buddies for life thing is, you know, we got into beer because we're interested in trying lots of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've gotten done whiskey tastings, you know, you've gotten me, you've, you've had me do some wine tastings. We've done some beer and whiskey side by side. Yep. For, we did whiskey next to a barrel age of the same whiskey. That was great. Yeah. Right? That was we've cool. We've even done, uh, you did the donut and the beer Beer inspired, you know, whiskey, mm-hmm. sort of, a, you know, like IPA whiskey kind of. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just we like trying lots of different things because, right, the, the point of what we've done in our beer journey while we record is, you know, 
we think there's an experience to be had in really diving into anything mm-hmm. that you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, I thank you for spending as much as we are on these beers, which it's a, a tough argument to justify our position on about buying these four packs, you know. But well, like, yeah, because, so let's be real. Huh. Let's 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 play a game real quick. Okay. Twelve dollars for a four pack, low or high? For okay, track seven. Twelve dollars. That's four pint cans. For four pint cans. That's that, low. That's low. Okay. Yeah. Twenty four dollars for a four pack. Is that low or high? It depends on what it is, because if it's a four pack of sours, there's an argument to be made that sours are more expensive to make, and they could be good sours. Okay. But, right. But or if for, it was like a four pack of New Glory's Infinite Void, it's probably yeah, pretty low. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. Okay. So, so $18 for a four-pack. Hold on. $18 for a four-pack from, for, I'd say, at least half of styles. Mm, that's about reasonable. It's normal. But well, that's because you and I, when we pay $18 for a four-pack, we sit and we enjoy... Oh, no, I get it. I'm just putting it in context for any listener yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. we'll spend money for beer. Yeah, that's four and a half dollars for a can. But the difference is... Or like for is, two bucks more, you can get a six-pack of Rolling Rock. But that's my... Well, no, Rolling Rock, a six-pack is like eight bucks. Oh, yeah. it used to be... Seven bucks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just cheap, shitty beer. But that's the point. That That's the point I'm trying to make. Is, yeah, if we don't give a fuck about the flavor, which I apologize for the language, but that's how I feel. If you don't care what you're putting in your mouth, then... Yeah, buy Rolling Rock. The ladies know you need to care about what you put in your mouth. They do, and you should. So Agreed. if we're buying the more pricey stuff, we're, it's kind of like um, like if you buy Sailor Jerry or if you buy Jim Beam whiskey, right? Oh, okay, you're just partying. You don't care what it tastes like. You just want the effect. But to me, that's a waste of beer. We're talking about beer. Yeah. Well, the stuff we, we get here, like these sours are a little more expensive. We sit here... And even if we're just on our own. When I just drink beer and I'm watching TV, I take like 20 minutes to drink one can of beer. I'm tasting the whole thing. I'm smelling it. I'm letting the foam come down. I make sure I pour it correctly. You know, like it's put in the right glass. I'm, I'm, I'm like breathing out my nose. I'm tasting all the stuff. As it warms up, I'm tasting it and paying attention. It's not like I'm just throwing beers back. You know, like, which is your standard? Like when people think beer drinkers, you're thinking the PBR or Coors Light when you have like five or six and you just throw the cans on the floor and you went, oh, another, oh, whatever. You know, the party guy. That's not what we're doing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You and I can throw throw some beer back, but, but we take the beer um, in baby steps, pieces, analyze, yeah. experience. So this is the thing: if you pay seven bucks for beer, get seven dollars out of it. That's my point. Don't get two two seconds out of it. Chug it like like that. My favorite video ever. Uh, well, I'm about beer. I was gonna bring this up. Keep going. The, the the beer the beer sampling. Like I've watched a couple stuff uh, a couple of uh, videos on YouTube and you and I. Well, you listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm into like beer videos and and I read a lot of articles on online. I don't listen to the podcast the same way as you. But there was an episode of um, the YouTube channel Alabama Boss mm-hmm. where he bought the uh, Utopia a bottle a ceramic bottle of Utopia from Sam Adams. It was something you and I have always wanted to do. And he chugged it. And that's a 200 and something, 200, 180 to 220 I'm telling bottle. you right now. Yeah. Get my doctor. We're going to buy that bottle. We are. I'll buy it for you. That's that's my whole point. Is that, but you and I are going to sit there. We're going to split it in half the same way we do with Goose Island, which you've heard us do the Goose Island flights on this, on this podcast. Yeah. We piece them out. 
taste them, let them warm up a little bit, see how it changes, take notes, whatever. This guy just chugged a $200 bottle of beer. So then what's no, the No, no, no. He beer-bonged it. He let, let's put he, it. He <laughs> beer-bonged it and instantly regretted it because it's like, what, 21%? I don't, I don't even really know It's what really it is. strong. It's, but it's, like, yeah, it's... But why? That, that's that's our point. We don't do that. It's such no. a huge waste of money to beer bomb. Like, really, you just yeah. open your throat and just dump it in your stomach so you can say you drank it versus mm-hmm. you actually... Yeah, you enjoyed Actually, it. you drank... Like, going through yeah. the motions versus actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, this, this is good, though. So you're, you're working our way. Speaking of piecewise, taking our time. We're almost done with this uh, electric blue. This is still pretty crushable, I'm not going to lie. It, it is, and I think the ABV being a little bit lower actually helps. Now, we talked about a minute ago wanting a little bit higher ABV, but it being a Berliner Weiss, having a little bit of body, a little bit lower ABV, I think it helps it. Yeah. It's it's funny to me. This is what branding will do for you. Is, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, electric blue kettle sour, and you read the can, and it's a 3.5%. You're like, yeah, it's a Berliner Weiss. Mm-hmm. Interesting. If you know. If you, if you know, know, you know. Or at least technically it's a Berliner Weiss. You know, you know, probably mm-hmm. the yeast and like the ingredients, stuff like they used American grain versus German grain. Yeah, it's not probably, probably, probably not play German. into that. But also like this is closer to the Berliner Weiss aesthetic. It's like a kettle sour version mm-hmm. of a Berliner Weiss. Yeah. But that's why I said if we were talking about Thin Line, I want to compare this to if Thin Line made their light duty and had a blue raspberry flavor you can add. I think they wouldn't be too far off. I think you have a good point there. Theirs is an actual German Bourbon Weiss. I think if we had a blue raspberry, it's good. It would be right next to this one, man. It's really good. Whew. Oh, it's hot. Oh, bro, I, I'm feeling good. I'm just, I'm, I'm just in a hot spot shed all day, so it's fine. <sighs> keep doing that. I'm gonna grab the other two. Oh yes. Okay. And, and by keep doing that, I keep just sticking my nose in the glass and smelling the blue raspberry wonderfulness. Mmm. This is very good. Uh, the only other blue raspberry flavor that I'm really fond of is blue raspberry icy. The blue icy flavor, and I usually mix it with cherry, to be fair. So, uh, I think Track 7 killed it with this blue raspberry flavor. Uh, I think they did a great job. Jordan agrees. He normally... Um, Finishes way after me. I'm babysitting this one, and I babysit the uh, the uh, seltzer as well. So I think that's a good sign that they are very good sours. Well, the seltzer is a seltzer. This one's a good sour. So we're doing peach and mango next. Peach and mango next. So, and then this is a smoothie style kettle sour ale with peach and mango flavoring. What's the ABV on this? I think it's five. 7.7. 7. Ooh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Ooh, boy. And then the next one, nope, which we'll tease it. Hold on. is a different style. I'm not, I'm not going to okay. give it away yet. It's a different okay. style. Okay. Um, so, you know, this four-pack was a really good idea. They have very diverse styles. So this is actually a hell yeah. Hmm. With... Oh, they all have two H's. Just kidding. Uh, I was like, wait a sec. Uh, hell yeah. Seven, oh, yeah. Which I guess is probably that 7.7 is where that's probably coming from. Hmm. Brewed with real fruit. Store cold. Well, that's good. Minimize secondary fermentation. Got it. Mm. So it does have real fruit in it. That's the thing. So a lot of these places around SAC, 
you got to be careful. I've noticed this a couple times. The bottle shops that we go to that we like, they keep the stuff cold. They understand mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, I found a couple beers lately that uh, you and I are, are fans of. I'll grab some, and I'll crack it open when I get to my house, and it explodes. The yeast has done a second fermentation. Tastes kind of sour, kind of weird. Makes me sad. So these ones um, I got straight from Track 7 the day after they were released. I couldn't be here, so I was out of town for the day they were released, but the day after, um, kind of learned a lesson for some of these specialty beers. You know, get them from the source. All right. So I didn't actually realize that one was a fruited sour. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I mean, this goes back to one of the things you and I harp on in a lot of the episodes is you got to read the can. Can matters. Yeah. So we had a pink charcoalberry seltzer. Then we had the uh, blue uh, electric blue kettle sour. And now we have an orange, which um, is peach mango. Did you get all? Did I get all the fruit? I don't know. I was I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yours is clear, but it's pretty cloudy. Let's do this. I'll pour some of it into yours. It'd be great. We'll just keep going back and forth okay. until we start to get the uh, desired balance. Okay, hold up, hold up, leave it. Okay, so supposedly I guess it's supposed to be more opaque. Mm-hmm. Yours is a little bit lighter. Well, it's because you have. I'm gonna pour a little more here. They're pretty close. That's pretty close. Okay. Yeah, so I guess this one should have been sh- shook a little bit. Or rolled, maybe, like a, like a blue moon half or something like that? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's interesting that... You want to pour them one more time? I think we're going to lose carbonation. Uh, I don't think we're going to lose carbonation. Okay. I mean, if anything, we're breaking the beer up more. Mm-hmm. Great. That's something I've noticed about smoothie sours, where I pour them out, and it's very awesome at the front. Yeah, cool. I see a little bit of foam coming out. And I see this, like, last half a second of the pour, it's just straight, just thick, opaque, through, boom. And somehow, if you pour it in one glass, it all intertwines and mixes up. But, you know, when we after the, after the next one, when we shift away from sours, we should change glasses. I'm down. I'm going to try the... Uh, Mason jar sure. special editions that I bought for the, the peanut butter episode that we didn't use. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I think uh, there's going to be a lot of fruit content that will yeah. cloud the, uh, the hop aroma. It might, yeah. That's a good call. All right, cheers, man. Cheers. Drink or bad luck. There you go. People want to get into craft beer. I think reading the cans and bottles will be an increasingly effective way to be intrigued by different beers you know like oh yeah you're reading like oh wait this has peanuts in it oh this is great mm-hmm. or like oh i love apricots or like what well, got you and i into this which by the way with this coming after the blue raspberry it takes a couple sips to get into the peach mango once you're in this one whoo i just took my second sip you're in it it's good stuff they put the description on this can so you know what you're getting into but you and i got into ipas in a really uh, hardcore way by picking the beers that we liked and we read what was in the can or in the beer on the side of the can. We said, okay, so we like Citra Hops, we like Eldorado Hops, we like CCZ, you know. So, like, I actually went and bought, um, in San Francisco, I was just there working, and I bought this um, can of beer that was, 
Citra, Nelson, and Eldorado. Oh, great. And that was a hazy. And I said, yeah, exactly. Like, cool. Yep. Read the hops. It's probably either a neutral or expressive. So we beer. actually didn't down. get into Eldorado hops because we had a beer that we liked them. Mm. Well, so we kind of did, but we got to a weird, we got, we arrived there from a weird area. So watermelon mm. Dorado uses Eldorado hops, but most of yeah. the watermelon flavor comes from an extract. Yeah. From Ballast Point Brewing in San Diego, for those of, those of our listeners who aren't familiar with what I'm talking about right now. Um, this should double be... IPA that's like... It's like 10%. Oh, it's, yeah. It's hardcore. Every bit. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's intense. And uh, I think it's great. But we got really, in, from that beer, we got really intrigued by this idea of homebrewing our own watermelon IPA. Yeah. I did some research and discovered that Eldorado hops usually produce some kind of melon flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In addition to some, some other overtones. Earthiness, a little fruitiness. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And so, from that point on, we sort of then understood where the name watermelon Dorado comes from. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, Dorado is also a type of fish. And yeah. They put that on the label too, which is it's kind of a play on words, but also kind of a weird pairing. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool. And then, um, from that point, we've also s- sought out beers with. Eldorado hops to really gain an understanding of how the hop functions. You're right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get more of like an earthy, dank feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you get like a little bit of a cantaloupe. Sometimes you get a little yeah. bit of honeydew. Sometimes you get a hint of watermelon. But we know this from looking at Citra, uh, that just using the Citra hop at different temperatures or different points in the boil, you can get three or four different types of Citra flavor. Yeah. And then there's the Citra lupulin, and then there's the Citra dry hopping, which are they're all different flavors you know citra which is kind of funny because i don't think mosaic is that dynamic i think citra is extremely dynamic but mosaic is the name mosaic because of how it's used and how you can use it in different ways it's different flavors and i think they're both incredibly know. dynamic oh ones. yeah i mean so it's mosaic that, that got us into tropical, yep, tropical torpedo because of tropical torpedo from sierra nevada we went to the we did the brewery tour and right when it came out yeah and we was like, oh, man, what kind of fruit does this have? Like, actually, it doesn't use fruit. Like, holy cow. Yeah. That's what sort of got us into this. But it's funny because you can really achieve that fruited taste with using fruit and using hops. If you use the right amount of fruit or the right type of fruit, right? Because so, some fruits, this is what your research has told us, is some fruits you can use for a lot of flavor, and some fruits are really hard to get flavor So from, it says peach right? and mango flavoring, and then on the can it says made with real fruit. Yeah. Which leads me to believe... This is a hunch. Hmm. So, according to the Beersmith podcast, which is a very reliable source, working with real peaches is actually really hard. Okay. Working with mangoes is very easy. Okay. So when it says with peach and mango flavoring and the made with real fruit, my estimation is probably that they use real mangoes. Those are peach extract. Peach ex- extract. Okay. Yeah, Funny yeah, yeah. enough, the uh, Brad Smith, the Beersmith podcast host thinks that when you use apricots, which are a little bit easier to work with than peaches, your beer actually comes out more like a peach beer than an apricot beer. Hmm. If you add mango as a shield, could you add mango and apricots to get a mango peach flavor? I don't know. I don't know. Because this one, 
I would say it's kind of 50-50. It's hard to tell. Does a 50 mango, 50 peach? Sure. I actually don't know. I mean, we'd have to talk to the head brewer to kind of know. And maybe yeah. he found a way to use peaches to where, like, mm. it's not a problem. Or maybe this uses more mango than peach. Or maybe you're right. Like, there's, yeah. there's a, a, I mean, I don't, as much as we know about brewing beer, there's a variety of variables that unless you're there on the brew day, you don't really know. You're just making an educated guess. Mm-hmm. Based on statistical likelihoods. Um, yep. Yep. And a variety of other factors. So I really don't know for mm-hmm. sure, but it's just something interesting to think about. But so you and I, because we've also seen fruited sour branding, and yeah. the idea that I would say made with real fruit, and then this peach and mango flavoring leads me to believe that at least in some contexts they still use an extract of some kind. Yeah. Which is very common with commercial breweries. There's no, there's no shade yeah. being thrown. Does it taste good? Because to me, this tastes fantastic. It's great. This is one of my favorite sours I think I've probably ever had. But this one's really, really good in my opinion. Yeah, no, if we brewed Very something good. like this, I'd be flexing on anyone who'd let me. You know what I mean? Like, or I would yeah. I'd pour this for anyone who let me. We'll be brewing this at least once a month. Mm-hmm. Just have on draft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just sort of no, my... This one is fantastic. To be honest, if I could brew anything that was this good, of any of the cans we've had so far, but specifically this this last one, like, I could brew this, like, holy cow. Yeah. I'm a legend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there was another sour... That was released the same weekend as this this four pack, uh-huh. and the uh, I think it was the same weekend as the Triple Panic. If you guys want to mark the weekend, excuse me, it was the uh, oh yeah Triple Panic weekend. Another beer that came out was the uh, Rainbow Sherbert. I forget what they called it. It's all rainbows or something. There's some uh, chasing rainbows. Chasing rainbows, Sherbert sour. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy any. So, that's how good these OES sours are. Did you try the Chasing Rainbows? I did. Oh, interesting. I did not buy it. That series is another good series, though. It is. But. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it usually has a marshmallow additive? Mm, Chasing Rainbows? Oh, sorry, Stay Flopped. Stay Flopped is. Sorry, go ahead. Chasing Rainbows was just a rainbow sherbet. Uh, there was a the week previous to this there was a pineapple marshmallow I forget what they called that one I think I think that was a stay fluffed no the stay fluffed was a different one that came out uh, I think a week after this one this sour release but, oh, okay yeah they just um, recently did another one yeah yeah so those yeah those are usually pretty good yeah so a week before this it came out with a pineapple marshmallow vanilla uh, like a Hawaiian style sour which is good uh, didn't buy that one either. Uh, I didn't buy the Chasing Rainbow Sherbert Sour, but I did buy this four-pack, and I was very adamant about buying this four-pack. No I regrets? No We've regrets. We've had a series of regrets in our beer journey. It's part of the process. What's you know, funny is... several that get away, not just the yeah, one. Yeah, the only beer that I've ever given back was a Track 7 beer after trying it. With but, marshmallow, funny enough. Yeah, but this four-pack of these, this, this uh, seltzer, these three sours, I had to have... And the other two sours, after trying them, was good. We talk about tracks seven making good sours; they're good. But these four, I had to have. Well, I'm so far I'm glad you ended up buying it because when I saw one was the next beer, which we'll kind of get into this, I wasn't super thrilled. 
And then the hard seltzer, I wasn't super sold on. So it was two out of four, and we're spending, you know, mm-hmm. as much as you like and I are willing, bucks for the four pack as much as you and I are willing to pull the trigger, mm-hmm. uh, twenty-two for a mixed four pack, like ain't no thing to us. Like, yeah, yeah. But as much as we're willing to pull the trigger, like also at a point we're kind of like, hey, I'm not gonna do that. That's, yeah. Like when Mind Shakers come out, we'll go try them now. You know, from the glory. But we're not yeah, spending we'll twenty-four dollars on a four pack anymore. Yeah. Like, like oh, I'm going to do that. No, I'm good. And that's kind of where I was. And we were like, yeah, about a four-pack, they're good. Like, oh, well, shoot, let's run it. Yeah. The other catch, too, is we normally have to buy a four-pack of one beer. This is a four-pack where each can is a different beer. And so I think um, paying, you know what I'm saying, about $5 per can, I'm okay with that so far. I'd pay $5 for that seltzer. I'd pay 5 for that uh, blue uh, electric blue. I'd pay $5 for this uh, peach mango salad. You know? I would pay more for I would pay more for this peach yeah. if the oh yeah uh, I mean so I would pay yes you're right I'd pay five across the board for any of these if I knew what I was getting into and we're talking about buying full pints yeah yeah um I would pay probably like eight or nine bucks for this peach mango one and not even look the other way like it's good be totally fine it's fantastic it's really good it hits all the right um, points for sour it's it's a little tart. The fruit helps give it some sweetness and some body. It has its own body. It's aromatic. It's got a good balance of flavors where peach mango has a little bit of sour, a little bit of sweet on its own. Right? It's got real fruit. Well, overall, it's got a good flavor. It's not too sour because you and I had some, some sours that were just too sour. Like, holy cow. Right? It's true. This one's right in the middle. I think this is, as far as regular sours go, which this one's kind of a, I would argue, is almost an imperial sour. Well, hold on, don't, don't spoil it yet. I think this peach mango is bordering imperial sour. I think it's very good. It's still crushable. It's on the board. It's, I mean, it's bordering it, but I think it's still in... Regular sour territory. It's still, I mean, it's in that murky range mm-hmm. where, especially because the fruited sour, you don't really taste yeah. the ABV. And that's what I'm saying, the fruited sour... This I think, next helps. one, though, man! But, but... The fruit that they added makes the peach mango crushable. It's true. So talk about this next so one. So this we got next one is one of my new pet peeves in beers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Jordan's got a pet. So His name is Peeve. So this next one is an F, yeah. You heard me, F, yeah. F, asterisk, 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 yeah. Sangria-inspired well, sour Ale. If you're upping the ante from oh yeah to hell yeah... And you go one more notch up, what else is there? There isn't anything There's else. Nothing. Yeah, I'm ahead. Yeah. With apple, pear, strawberry, orange, passion fruit, lime, and elderberry flavoring. That's not a typical sangria. At 9.2%. <laughs> also, Ooh. one of my new things with beer in the last six months is when the tasting notes are too grand for the style. Mm. Because mm. sometimes I think, and this is where I'm gonna pour this really quick. Okay. Before I get into, I get too far into this rabbit hole before we actually can drink some beer. Again, uh, note the color. It's a really pretty color. This peach mango had a nice orange color. We had a nice blue color, a nice pink color. Now we have a nice red color. I think that's part of the the experience with sours. That, that's what I want to find out with these glasses and yeah, having cups, this is right? Great. Um, yeah. this is great. 
So part of confirmation bias, again, Beersmith Podcast, add a listener. Anyone who wants to really dive into beer to totally listen to it is really great, incredibly informative, a little bit nerdy. You kind of have to be a beer nerd to really get into it. Mm. Um, mm. But and we're going to try it. My, my new hunch is people try to do too many things with beer, and that if, if no one told you, like, I'm going to pick an, an ingredient – uh, at random, like so, lime. Let's say I'm sure you can taste the lime. That's one of the more stringent ingredients. But let's say, like, if I didn't read the can, would I tell you there was lime in here? You can and almost not, not specifically with that ingredient. Hold on, just stick with the spirit of what I'm saying. If I was to drink this beer, would I tell you about all of these ingredients? So okay, probably not. You can taste the lime, and there's like cherry or something, but Without knowing what was added to it, I would say it was like a cherry limeade. Just some sure. smell. Especially like something like elderberries. Like, like, give it a smell. Know. Smell it and tell me if you can smell elderberries. You know, it smells to me like cherry lime. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, so those cheers really quick. Yeah. We're going to put it to the test. I haven't had this before. Chris has. And it's very good. But you get a little bit of apple. But because, again, the caveat, we know to look for apple. You get a lot of lime. And so that's the thing is there's studies that Cherry. show if you know to look for apple, you can taste apple. If you don't know to look for apple, you don't taste apple. Yep. So it's hard to know once you've read the can because of confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that the apple sweetness might might get wrapped up in the body of the beer. Like You might think it was due to the, maybe some of the malt or whatever else was going on. Yep. You wouldn't know so, there was apple added. So my only, and this is great. I don't think this tastes like sangria, if I'm being honest. No. Nope. So it's sangria inspired. So there's that little leeway I'm willing to give it. Um, and this is still yeah. great. Uh, yes. But yes. it's just my, my new pet peeve with beer is, can you actually taste everything that's going on? Or did you just put a bunch of crap in a, in a brewing container, you know, into a conical, mm. into a fermenter after, you know, like, all, and then... It yeah. covers up some of the issues that are actually going on with the beer because really you just actually made you made juice mm-hmm. instead of beer. Yeah. Or you know like with stouts you see it too where it's like oh it has peanuts and stone fruit and chocolate and peanut butter and coconut and all these other things. Uh huh. You know all these and you're like okay can you actually taste all those things or did you just load this beer with a bunch of crap because. Not saying Track Seven doesn't know what they're doing, but that's that's what some breweries do. Mm-hmm. Where you know some IPAs will have five or six hops. Mm-hmm. You really don't need that. No. You need one or two in the boil, maybe a dry hop. Yeah. But because you can get so many different flavors out of one hop, it's like unless you really specifically know what each one's doing, you're really just throwing a bunch of crap in a jar, and it might turn out fine, or it might turn out well, it might turn out great. But you yeah. don't really know what we're what you're doing, and you're you're making good beer. You know enough to you just you know just enough to make great beer. But yeah. you can't really, like, and this is where we get in trouble. Like, and it's great beer, it's great beer. Like, I'm not sitting saying you have to be able to taste all of it, but for what we like to do, some of these flavors for not for average made beer, like if this was an average sour, if this was okay. If it wasn't a Track 7 sour, we didn't know. We just picked it up out of, the, like, a bottle shop or something, you're saying? Yeah. We saw it on a shelf. Yeah, I think I think they're trying to show off a bit. I think uh, if you didn't tell me on the label, so here's here's the other thing. I think cherry lime is a good 
Viva, if you said this is a cherry lemonade sour and poured it for me, I would believe you. This is the two strongest flavors. Does it even have cherry in it, though? No. Strawberry, orange. No. Lime. Okay, so this is the problem. So you and I are big advocates on what's on the can. I think this is kind of in this middle ground where, like, a lot of breweries don't put anything on the can, and you take a gamble. This one puts a little bit on the can, but they put quite a bit, actually. To be fair, it's quite a bit on the can. But trying the beer, I don't taste all that stuff. It's a lot of stuff on the can, and we don't taste it. And then if you go two more steps farther, you're at Bear Bottle. And what I would be curious to know is Bear Bottle, the reason why you and I like them is they put the recipe on the can. So how much apple is in this beer? How much orange how much strawberry is in this beer sure percentage and then let's look at what it tastes like okay cool so if it's you know and maybe there's like a pound of apples added to this and like you know a quarter pound of oranges like okay well maybe we know that apples are very hard to get flavor out of oranges have a lot of flavor okay maybe that's why we don't take the apple very much we taste a lot of orange who knows but they don't say that they just say boom 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 so you have to take them at face value I mean, right. when was the last time first you had an apple sangria? That's one of my first beers. Yes, never. And never. never. No. And then beyond that, like pick flavors that go well. So like if you wanted to do apple, pear, and strawberry is a bad thing to pick because you either have to use an extract or if you do use real strawberries, one, they're hard to work with, and mm-hmm. two, you have to use a crap ton if you do. Yeah. Uh, plus orange, which is really strong. Passion fruit. And like elderberry, like you don't need yeah. some of this stuff. You don't need it. It's almost like a fruit punch sangria because apple juice, believe it or not, is a huge ingredient for fruit punch. So are pears, so are strawberries. So it's almost like they want to make a sangria, and then they added a Kool-Aid fruit punch packet to a sangria that had dark fruits in it. Sure, I can see that. Yeah. I just think. Really, these these flavors are so conflicting that you're not gonna be able to taste all of them. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's still good. Don't get me wrong. So, it's so still who, good. who are you flexing for if you're putting all those flavors in the can? Who who are you flexing for if you can't taste them all? Right. What's the point? Yeah. It's still good beer. I mean, now oh, yeah. what I would be interested, like what? No. See, I get, I hear, I hear what you did. Uh, mm. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. Mm-mm. What I'd be interested in trying, if it were possible, which it's not, is to try this beer without the apple, and then to try this beer with the apple but without the pear, or with the apple and the pear but without the strawberry. Yeah. You know, kind of isolate it, because, you know, it probably would make a little bit of a difference, but it also might not. Yeah, that's true. It's still good, but that's just, I'm just talking about one of my pet peeves with, with, uh, uh, you, we call them kitchen sink beers, where you throw everything, throw everything but the the kitchen sink into a beer, and mm-hmm. it, some the product turns out well, but you can't necessarily. And they talk about this in the Beersmith podcast. Can you justify why every ingredient in your recipes in the recipe? Yeah. What if apples are really expensive, or what if you know, with strawberries, like you're saying, using real strawberries is really expensive and labor-intensive and, you know, a shit ton of strawberries. But I mean, like, what if you didn't use strawberries and it tastes the same? Yeah, that's my point, yeah. So, like, I like the intention. Um, without looking at the can, I think this is a fantastic sour. I wouldn't know it's 9 point something percent. Was it 9.2 percent? Oh, man. 
I wouldn't know. This is at this point. This is but, a this is a danger beer. You know what I mean? Like you can oh, yeah. really Especially on a hot day like today. Uh, where again, it's reiterate it's 97 degrees out. We're drinking sours. I think this is kind of why sours are popular in the summer. They go down pretty easy. But uh, yeah, is this so? This one, this FTS sour at 9.7 percent, is this easier or harder to drink than the Oh Yeah Electric Blue at 3.5? Is it 3.5? 3.4? That's harder, but not by six percent. Three point five percent, yeah. By five point seven. Yeah. Percent is what we're talking like about. Like, would, would you believe me if you didn't know these these can labels existed? And I told you that the electric blue was almost twice, or it's almost three times the alcohol content. This is Effia. This is like three times higher. Well, a third, a third of it. A yeah. third of it, yes. Yeah. So, so I think this is the um, the the alcohol taking effect in this Effia. That's. Uh, no, I, I don't think that, like, if I was to try all four of these, I'd probably guess that the seltzer is the lowest ABV. Yeah, it hits the least, the hardest. That's actually, so, if you look at it by design, that that's actually a good quality to have for a seltzer, right? It hits the least, it's the most refreshing, easiest to drink, it's crushable, lowest impact. We start going through the sours, and they, they seem to be, starting at the lowest ABV sour, working our way up, they seem to... Increase. You can tell there's a step up between each sour, but if we told you how big the steps were, you might not believe it. I probably wouldn't. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They did a good job with these sours. This is a, probably one of the best four packs we've ever sampled through. I would say that of the mixed four packs we've seen offered, that this is this is probably the best one. From track seven, or I'm, I'm talking about all time. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, we did that Burning Barrel Mixed 4-pack where each can was a collaboration, and, you know, I gave that a B-. Oh, the playing cards? 85. 85. Yeah. Someone that gave it 85, someone gave it lower 80s. I, I think one of us was a little harsh on it because... I gave it 82, or 85, 82 is sort of where we sat. Yeah, um, because I think the other breweries that worked with Burning Barrel did the heavy lifting. That's what we and, thought, at least. Yeah. And, so. But this, okay... I mean, it's, it's a little bit harder to gauge. Like, we're talking apples and oranges, so, like, these grades won't apply this... They're not mm. an easy comparison for Burning Barrel. We are talking apples, oranges, strawberries, nice. mangoes, peaches, blue raspberry, and... So, <laughs> nice. Uh, for go. the uh, Oh Yeah 4-pack, mixed 4-pack, mm. what grade would you give Track 7? I'm going to give an A-plus overall Okay. the 4-pack. I'm, I'm going to give it uh, like a 100. 96%. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's A-plus. I was 92-93. That was sort of where I was sitting. Okay. But um, I'm saying for... Because I've had other... I've been to pool parties. I have a lot of friends with kids. I've drank in some of these Trulies and some of these White Claws, and they're garbage. This OEF seltzer is really good compared to those seltzers. I think they knocked it out of the park, so maybe I'm giving them a couple extra bonus points for that one. Oh, sure. So. 1993 is... I mean, we'll grade the whole the brewery as a whole. I think this mixed four-pack, probably 92, 93. I don't, know, I don't know why. I just feel like... I don't know. It could be higher. It's definitely an A. Yeah. It's an A. I'll go 93, because we're out of A-minus territory, you know, we're heading which towards... Which is kind of how we usually feel about Track 7 can releases, right? It's pretty yeah. ballpark. Okay. We still have two more from Track 7. Yeah. So let me get the next well, beer. So let's talk about the honorable mention real quick. Yes, this will be a good or segue. Finishing, or okay. finishing. The honorable okay. mention will be the Nuck and Blonde. 
Yes. Which is featured in the last podcast, so we're not drinking the other can. We're not doing it again. We already heard about heard us talk about that. Our thoughts. Great beer. One of my favorite things they've done. Oh yeah. Really. Very. So the best thing to me, this is why Track Seven has stayed my favorite brewery. I've stated it several times on the podcast. I think Track Seven is the perfect place to help a, a new brewery goer, someone who wants to get into breweries. Yep. The perfect place to take them, and it's the perfect place for them to sort of get into beer. Like if they wanted to go to Track Seven, like if so, if they wanted to go to a brewery once a month, mm-hmm. in the first three or four months they went to Track Seven. I think it's the perfect brewery to do it because they do a, com- a combination of can releases on. Uh, at least a monthly basis, but at least a, a semi-weekly basis, mostly mm-hmm. weekly basis. Yeah. So those releases are there. Plus they have seasonal staples that rotate in and out. Yeah. Plus they have their staples. And the quarterlies. Yeah. Every three months. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what I mean by seasonal. Oh, so seasonal. The, okay. So the quarterlies. Okay. And then, and then they have their staples that also are sort of mm-hmm. on rotation, but like they pretty much always have panic. Yeah, like, like panic, hoppy palm, daylight amber. And even if you can't get them at any of the three locations, you can get them at Rayleigh, Safeway, most bottle shops. They're around. Yeah. So Beeline, I think it's perfect because you know, people who are getting yeah. into breweries, they sort of stick to what they know. And it's really easy. Like It's really hard to sell people on these small batch beers mm-hmm. at first. And so that's why Track 7 and me has sort of stayed the staple of my like brewery going experience. Like That's really what I, I stick with. Now... The Blonde Nuck and Futz was really appealing to me, and it has stayed appealing because it's 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 a spin-off of either a staple or a seasonal beer, depending on how you look at it. Somewhere kind of in yeah. the middle. It wasn't always there. I'd mm-hmm. see more of like a rotational beer yeah. that came in for like a three-month period and then would come out. Um, and then it was a play on an interesting style, you know, this chocolate stout, chocolate peanut butter stout, and then we make a, so, a peanut butter blonde. That's the interesting part. So, so when you get it in the cans, it used to be, and this has now changed, I think, recently. We used to get it in the cans. It was a chocolate peanut butter porter, and then when you got it at the brewery, they sometimes had a nitro version, and I want to say the nitro version was a chocolate peanut butter stout nitro. Yeah, and Chris liked right. that version better. That was fantastic, but that, that's there's a little bit of finesse there, which I, I think gives Track Seven a little more points. Where uh, this Nuck and Futs, the regular the Nuck and Futs peanut butter porter, it's an, it, sometimes it was an imperial porter, sometimes a regular porter, but it's a porter. But if you find the nitro, it's a stout, so it's a little bit different beer. Yeah. But it's a similar recipe. They, they kind of modified it a little bit, and then they came up with this blonde ale version that was, I think, the best. Yeah. So I talked about just, in the last episode. With the peanut butter, where it's hard to brew with peanut butter because peanut butter affects your, your head retention. Yeah. So, what I think I forgot to mention, I'm almost certain I forgot to mention this, is the reason why the peanut butter stout or the peanut butter porter thing is kind of fascinating to me is because, so listening to the Beersmith podcast mm-hmm. and the sort of talk that Charlie Bamforth, the Pope of Foam, gives about beer foam and head retention specifically. The higher the ABV, the harder it is to retain your foam. But if it's a higher ABV and it's nitro, are you worried about foam? Because nitros don't usually have the same head retention. Okay, when was the last right. time you saw a nitro beer that was really high ABV? Well, that's what I'm saying. The the. So I don't know. The like, did you, have you ever seen like a nine percent like Have you ever seen like an eight or nine percent nitro 
No, but that's what I'm saying. The Nuckenfuss Nitro, the stout, Imperial Stout, was... So that's why I think like if you higher, see like so. a bourbon barrel or like an imperial stout with peanut oh, butter, like eight and a half percent, yeah. Like good luck yeah. getting any kind of foam or head retention on it. Yeah. Even if you pour it really hard. Yeah. Because of the peanut butter. Exactly. Or, so yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. when you know like six months ago we're talking about home brewing and you're like, what about a coconut peanut butter stout? Ooh. I'm like, probably not because oily products like peanut butter and coconut kill your head retention. Once you use both in a stout, like, good luck having any foam on that beer. Nitro. That's the answer. Nitro. I don't think it changes it. it we don't need head if it's nitro, though. There's a little bit different aesthetic. I don't think it... I, so, okay, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but it could I be my think, personal opinion, too. So I don't fair. think... Yeah. I don't think that foam... Like, the, necess, the necessity of foam has to do with unlocking flavors... I would and say breaking down the carbonation and unlocking aromas. I, think, I don't think that that is specific to nitrogen, nitrogen beers, or brews that are or beer like traditionally brewed beers that are funneled through the keg system by CO2. So on the on the CO2 beers, a lot of times for the stouts, especially the IPAs, like a double or a triple where they add more malt, you know there's more protein in the beer. And you pour it a little bit harder, you get a little bit more foam structure to it. The CO2s, yeah, definitely. Um, you get more of that foam structure, uh, higher protein content. But I think for nitro beers... Um, because you hard pour them? Nitro beers are hard poured. And name name a nitro beer where you are expecting a very solid, substantial, uh, long-lasting head. I don't know. So the problem with this discussion is that nitro beers are less than 1% of the beers you and I drink. Mm. But that's, that's what I'm saying. So maybe we need more experience with nitro beers. But in my experience with like pouring Guinness or nitro styles and pours that we've had on tap at different restaurants and bars, breweries, whatever, the head isn't the mainstay. Whereas a CO2 beer, you don't want to get the head because you want to make sure that it's oxygenated and the proteins are... Sure. You might be right. I just don't know. I'm just saying maybe for a peanut butter coconut beer, nitro might be the way to go. Oh, That's sure. all I'm saying. For a beer sure. like when it's really hard, like you have a lot of oils, you have like, you know, a lot of proteins, it's hard to create a substantial head. Maybe the fact that the nitro beer, the head forms forms downward into the beer and then subsides, maybe that's the way to go. See, when you homebrew, that's that's a you beer. You gotta do that. I'm not into yeah. that. I don't want to do any of that. A you beer? Yeah, I'll do it. It's a me beer. That's fine. But are you ready for the next? Here we yeah. gotta change glass, but I got peach residue and sangria residue on this one. I'm gonna get new glasses. Yeah. But I'm also gonna surprise you. Because you do. we have two beers left. You do what you. I'm gonna surprise you with the next one. You do what you're gonna do. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Feel free to say whatever you want, Jordan. I'm gonna cut this part out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> like. Like it's part of the podcast now for us to uh, say we're going to edit crap out, and we don't. So I'm pretty sure that this is going to be in it, because Chris is the editor, and I haven't decided to do anything about that yet. So uh, I really hope you don't have to hear this part. And here it comes, new glassware. It's great. 
I mean, I gotta be honest, glassware is like a huge thing to me. I love different types of glasses. Alright, well, we're doing variety tonight, and I'll be right back. Oh, you went with. Okay. I went with Sierra Nevada Pint uh, Mason Jar style glasses, the special edition. These are nice. These are both bought at Sierra Nevada, the brewery in Chico. Great. 100%, yeah. You were going to surprise me, mm -hmm. but prior to going live, you said you were going to do this anyways. Yeah. So what was the surprise? The, I did what I said I was going to do. Is that a surprise? <laughs> you said I want to surprise you. <laughs> or do I always surprise do? me? I don't know. Depends on how well you know me. Just shut up. Do I follow through? Or do I? <laughs> I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> Well, don't pour it out on the table, Jordan. Oh, Jeez. I was tilting the can to read it. Is that for uh, for Logan and Miles, our homies that can't be here? No, it's for Miles. Okay. Not for Logan. <laughs> oh, Miles only. Okay. Thank oh. you, Logan. <laughs> I've even been avoiding cussing, but I feel the urge. That I can't fight the urge to say it about Logan. Oh. Okay. Let's do this one. Oh. All right. So we got left eye, right eye, double IPA. Yep. I'm double West Coast. Now, this is one that we've always always liked. Even double, uh, so left eye, right eye, left eye. The triple yeah. was fantastic. Yep. This is a hard They're one. They're really missing a left eye opportunity here for the single IPA. Right? Because, so, so we talked about this before, I think on a previous podcast, where we talked about them doing a panic, uh, a version of panic, right? Which they've done hazy panic, which is still their staple West Coast single. But you can argue that Left Eye Right Eye, even though it's a West Coast double, has a different hot blend, it's a different flavor. If they did a single Left Eye, it would be a different beer than Panic. I think, to be honest, I think right? it's just the perfect marketing play because people would buy it. Yeah. They could also make a pale ale and probably just call it Blind Man and like. Oh yeah, fun. that's. Are you listening, Track Seven? We'd buy it. I'd yeah. buy this stuff. <laughs> we, we'd yeah. Buy it. The we'd only buy pale ale they make is is Hoppy Palm. Yeah. Great, let's dive yeah. in. So, Logan, so this is funny here. Uh, I was with Logan earlier today for a short bit. He, Logan, of all people, tried Hazy Panic 
And didn't like it. That's my dude. <laughs> Fuck you, Logan, but you're his dude. It's true. There you go. <laughs> I think it's overrated. I don't think it's very good. Agreed. My comparison was, uh, I was trying it's to explain to Logan. It's the only track seven staple I don't like. Well, I was trying to tell Logan. He didn't try it yet. I said, okay, have you had the shoots fresh squeezed? He had not. Of course, he doesn't have it. But we both had, we both like fresh squeezed. Fresh squeezed, they came out with a hazy fresh squeezed. Have you tried it? Yes. Which one do you like more? Regular. Regular. We both like not the, close. the regular panic better. Right? But we like so, hazies. To be honest, I think we probably like hazies better than West Coast. I think so. But at the same time, a lot of the hazies, the mainstream ones coming out, like hazy panic, hazy uh, fresh squeeze, no. hazy little thing from this the actual glass we're drinking out of. My argument was Sierra Nevada made a hazy little thing. And they just poured a bunch of oatmeal into an IPA, and that doesn't—I mean, it makes it hazy, but it doesn't make it taste good. I'm not a huge fan. I think hazy little thing is better than hazy panic and hazy fresh squeezed. Barely, but I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. But hazy panic is is one of the few track seven beers I'm like I, I really don't appreciate. So, and it's funny, perfect marketing ploy, and it worked. Oh yeah, people love it. Totally worked. What if they made a hazy left eye right Don't even do that to me. No, just smell it. Just smell it. It's not that far away from a lot of the hazies that we both like and drink. <laughs> but, bless you, but it is a filtered West Coast. I will tell you that I probably won't like it as much as, <coughs> excuse me, this one. I won't like it as much as this one because this is my favorite Track 7 beer. Another, uh, well, here, I just poured some out for the homies, too, on accident, but oh, huh. this one's for, yeah, there you go. Fuck you, Logan. <laughs> so, how similar is this, and could you argue this is a double IPA version of uh, the beer, we don't, we normally don't talk about this, but the the priming beer that we had, the Mai Tai IPA from Alvarado Street. You. Not even close? No, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Hold on. Oh, oh. Well, it's got a little bit different hop. This maybe has citrus. This one has a little bit more dank thing. A little. That's what I'm saying. Maybe a little bit more citrus and a different right uh, part of the boil, but. And. This one has a dryness on the end that isn't. Okay, so. It's a little more west coast. Up, so unfiltered, uh, so filtered beers typically uh -huh. have a dry finish versus a juicy finish, right? Yeah. So I want to. I want. I'm using the same word, but I mean it in a different context. That beer, the Mai Tai PA from Alvarado Street that we had prior to starting this podcast, the dryness sort of comes from the coconut additionally drying out the beer. So there's like mm. an extra dryness that's present in that beer mm. that I don't think is indicative of a double IPA version of this beer. Yeah, I agree. I also think there, as there is a... There's so my tie, right? There's a pineapple flavor in that beer. I don't hold on. I get a, a little bit of a fruit sweetness to this one. I get a fruit Especially sweetness, but I get more of a blend. Mmm. And that one has a very pineapple characteristic because of the my tie PA. I would argue that the left that right has a slightly bit more stone fruit. But okay, that's fine. I think there's just more of a fruit blend. But then Darker also, fruit, there's, yeah. there's, I, to me, there's there's much more bite 
in sort of the hop characteristic. And some of that could be the double IPA, but I think that could mm. also be sort of like brewer's intent to where like that sort of speaks to the disconnect between because there's two different breweries we're talking about here. Yeah. Versus if this was yeah. a track seven single, that might oh, boy. change sort of the discussion. Could you imagine if they made like a Hawaiian pineapple single IPA West Coast? Okay, ready? But, ready? Better brewery. Track seven Alvarado Street. Alvarado Street. Oh man! <laughs> that's another that's another clutch. If you're talking about pinch hitters in baseball, Alvarado Street, they're sours. But not better than track seven. They see that blasphemy. Not all the time, but sometimes. Okay. Far superior so, than track seven. No, no, no. So if someone puts uh, nines across the board uh-huh. with an occasional eight mm-hmm. and an outlier six, mm-hmm. incredibly outlier six, but puts yeah. nines across the board, and someone occasionally hits 9.5. Or 10. Okay, track seven also hits 10. Yeah. But puts nines across the board. Uh-huh. Alvarado Street doesn't always put nines across the board in their sours. No, so I'm one out of five sours is a 10. Okay, that's fine. And the rest of them were like eights or nines, maybe, maybe. They're good. Alvarado Street's a good brewery. I'm, I'm my argument, which I don't know if you're you're entirely comfortable with my argument that Alvarado Street makes more tens than track and seven. And sours. And sours. Than track seven, but track seven consistently makes more nines. Okay, I'll hear it. Now I didn't ask you who's the better sour brewery. I asked you who's the better brewery. Because then we start talking about the IPAs and the stouts and yeah. sour, I I think Alvarado Street, to be honest, man, they, they have a little bit wider uh, variety. I don't think so. And here's why. Well, okay, I guess here's why. There's okay. one thing that Track Seven isn't plugged into. Well, actually, I have two. another. I have an asterisk there too. There's go two ahead. things that Track Seven yeah. isn't wildly plugged into. Belgians, mm-hmm. they don't actively make a red ale. But also, I'm only talking about, and I just realized this when we were talking about this, I'm only talking about the Alvarado Street can releases versus Track 7. I can go there, and I've had stuff on tab, and I've had samples. I've been there. So I've been right. to Alvarado Street. Alvarado Street's great. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's close. So, it's really close. I'm so, so when, when really we talk close. about it though, I'm I'm talking about like I got these cans from Track Seven, the other side, from the I got to taste them before I, I bought them. Alvarado Street, I find them at, at tap rooms, I find them at, at bottle shops, and that's my only experience with Alvarado Street. And I would put these two pretty close. They and are I pretty think close. That that having the ability to taste these beers from Track Seven on tap at the source the week they come out. And the is food at Alvarado Street's really good too. But the food at Track Seven the other side is really good too. But I I haven't had Alvarado Street. That's what I'm saying. I'm 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 comparing the tap room experience of Track Seven to the can releases and distribution of Alvarado Street, which I think is a little bit different. And excuse me, maybe not entirely fair. Okay, so, so let's kind of check where we're at. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have my type EA or left or right? Left or right. Is it close? No. But would you rather have any of these OES sours or the Ambrosio sour from Alvarado Street? I would rather have Alvarado Street way more than this hard seltzer, if I can leave. Mm-hmm. Way more than this, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Depending on my mood, 
these hell, the hell yeah and the F yeah are in the conversation. So you've had the Ambrosia Sour? Mm-hmm. That, that one, I actually almost cried the other night because I drank half of it, and I was watching Rick and Morty because he's vibes out, and I looked down, and half of my beer has a fly in it. I don't know how long that fly was in there, but I have kind of a hypochondriac response to flies being in my beer, so I poured it out. So I poured out half a can of Ambrosia Sour, and it was really traumatic. Plus, they have uh, a couple other sours we've tried that were like marshmallow uh, tangerine. It was really good. A couple other ones that like. I man. wasn't as big of a fan as the marshmallow tangerine as you were. Oh. Now, okay, would you rather have that Ambrosia sour or the S3 cucumber from Kilowatt? Well, Kilowatt, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm just asking. I'm just trying to gauge where we're at. Or are we talking about Ambrosia sour versus uh, Honeydew? I might still rather have Honeydew than try sour. I would, I would, okay. Right, so. Okay, the way you feel about my type PA versus left eye, right eye is how I feel about Ambrosio versus Honeydew. I would grab Honeydew. Bro, we left Honeydew in the fridge for three months because we were afraid to drink the last can. I told a client of mine, I shot their wedding. We did the engagement shoot at Track 7 that got published. And I told them that the Honeydew Sour was, at that time, my favorite sour I've ever had. They secretly bought me a four-pack, surprised me a month later at the wedding... And that's what I think you and I. I had a couple of the wedding with the bride and groom, and I think you and I split the other two cans, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I was selfish. I can't remember, but it was still fantastic. You were selfish with one of them. Yeah. I don't remember how many we split. I do remember you kept one for yourself, which I was fine. With. I only got a four pack from the bride and groom, but it was a month later. They're like, hey, you said this was pretty good, so we bought you a four pack. And I was like, are you shitting me right now? Like at their wedding, like, are you are you serious? Yeah. You said it was good. We haven't tried it yet. So I cracked open a couple with the bride and groom. We drank them. Like, yeah, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is where I've been the whole time, bro. This is where I've been the whole time. Yeah. Just so you know, this is probably better than any tip I've ever gotten at any wedding. Is that four pack of honey sour? Like, holy crap, man, that was good. So I mean, regardless of what you want to argue, it's close. And Alvarado Street is a heavy hitting brewery. I'm not gonna even kind of dismiss them. But they're also really stepping their game up, and I think Track Seven's been at this level for a long time. To be fair, as far right? as far as the can releases go. Yeah. So the other thing too is is most of the Alvarado Street we get, we, it's distributed. Most of the Track Seven can releases we get, they're not distributed. We have to go to the brewery. Sure. So that's another asterisk, I guess. And, and but so, well, I will tell you though. I follow Alvarado Street on Facebook. There hasn't been a camera release we've missed out on that wasn't distro. But I'm like, oh, dang. I wish we lived in Monterey. Okay. Now, okay. where Monter- or Alvarado Street at least has a check, you know, a plus and a check mark next to its name, it's not a demarker against Track 7 because I haven't necessarily had a bad experience with this Track 7. At Alvarado Street, I picked three of my four beers on the flight. And asked the server to pick the fourth beer. Hmm. And whether it was the server or the beer tender, whoever picked that fourth beer did a great job. So then other beers. At least the person who I, I I've been there one time. And you could have gotten extremely lucky. Could have gotten extremely lucky. Yeah. Also to play, you know, to add another variable, I even play. Uh, we, you know, we could just be desensitized to how great Track 7 really is. This is our Track 7 devices coming up. We drink uh, Burning Barrel. We drink, uh, you know, the Glory and Moonraker. And... All right. 
This is, I don't even consider this a hot take for someone who's listening. I think this is a hot take. Track 7, Rex, Burning Barrels, not even close. It's not even close. Not even close. It's not even close. Nope. Burning Barrel, honestly, I think they're way overpriced. I would put them in... They just have the best marketing in Sacramento. Well, they do, but also... So, this is another hot take, which is uh, funny because it's only a hot take in Orangeville. I would put Burning Barrel slightly ahead of the Palms. Oh! Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. That is a hot take. Wait a minute. Yeah. Slightly ahead of the palm. The palms is not that good. No. But they're very expensive. Burning Barrel is, at the worst, solid. And at the best, if you overrate them, one of the best breweries in Sacramento. At the worst, I would say they're solid, but extremely overpriced. So, uh, as a brewery... You know, I stand by sort of like, yeah, I give them about a B, usually. And maybe they've changed B plus, B minus. Okay, so you're talking I think about the beer quality. Beer quality. But then you have to... If I factor price. in the price point, I put them B minus, trending, yeah. trending towards C plus. So probably a flat 80 for the price point. Yeah. But, excuse me, that's the problem I have with um, both of those places. Is there very overhyped? No, okay, no. The Palms is at best Extremely passable. overhyped. Yeah. At the at the at best. But you're, you're talking I would I would put the palms at a flat seventy. Like the beer's solid, uh, but for what you have to pay is not good. Yeah, we're talking anywhere from twenty to thirty bucks for a crowler. Especially when you can drive an extra ten minutes and go to Fort Rock, which is by far uh-huh. superior brewery. Or if you're already at Burn Girl. And you're talking maybe a three-minute drive to either Thin Line, Claim Steak. Okay, um, you Thin know, Line to like, me is a B plus. Yeah, but I'm saying like, would you rather pay eighty-eight? Because we're talking ten to twelve dollars a pint if you go by there. Claim Steak's an A. Claim Steak's like a ninety-three, ninety-four. But that's what I'm saying. Right but you're paying. You're also paying less per volume for the beer. And the same with Thin Line. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. If someone says, do you want to go to Burning Barrel or Claim Steak? First, I'm going to say, hey, we probably have time to do both because you'll fly to Burning Barrel and go to Claim Steak. But that's the thing. We're going to do a flight at Burning Barrel and we're going to go kick it at Claim Steak. For the rest of the night. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. We'll spend $30 for a flight for two the, people the at with, Burning Barrel. The thing, with Claim then... Steak, or the, thing with, the thing with Burning Barrel is you'll try a lot of their beers that sound really great. They look really great. We've just been, been bamboozled enough times to wear it. Like, that's why I say they have the best marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be super excited trying to spear like, oh, this is, this was good. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. It's almost like their marketing team is too good for people yeah. like us. Well, that's the thing is like during COVID, we wanted to support these breweries and they're doing deliveries and they're doing you know crowds and village fills and whatnot. So we talked about um, twenty four dollars being too much for a four pack of pints for milkshake uh, double IPAs from New Glory. Uh, <laughs> we have to agree also then if that's the standard that's basically a growler for 24 bucks we have to agree <laughs> that a crowler a 32 ounce can from burning bell barrel for one 20, crowler one crowler for 24 to 26 dollars is too much oh yeah right and it, i don't care how good your sours are which they're very good at burning barrel but i'm not paying 12 or 13 dollars i think they're very good i think they're good so I think they're very good, but even still, we're, we'll meet in the middle. $24 for a 32-ounce yeah. can of beer is too Absolutely much. Not. And that's kind of... We're, we're talking about how much we spend Absolutely on these, these four-packs. I would rather get a four-pack of milk shaker. Yeah. I don't want to spend $24 on a, a four-pack of milk shaker. Yeah. 
It's crazy. And some of these places get away with it. Because, like, to, uh, to put this in perspective, we could go to Out of Bounds and get two growlers of juiced blackberry for less than the price that we're talking about right now. If we go on a Thursday, it's 20 bucks. That's what I mean. Yeah. For 128 ounces of beer, that's fantastic. Which I'm, I'm, I'm watching the clock because uh, Juice Grey Fruit's out, which is an early summer release, which means Juice Blackberry is just around the corner. I'm waiting. Which means we have to do the tradition. Let's go get at least a tall bottle or a crowler mm. of Juice Blackberry and sit by my pool and drink it. Yep. The tradition. Yep. Or we each just get a bomber because we both know we love it. We'll just kill a bomber. Oh, that might be its own podcast, just the Juice Blackberry. We can reminisce about all the other times you've ever drank Juice Blackberry. We can, maybe we can get away from I've been thinking about this, <laughs> a series yeah. called Gateway Beers. Mmm. You know, your boy's got just lots of ideas. I like these, though. So. so, Gateway Beers, first episode, Juice Blackberry. Gets you into IPAs. Gets you into IPAs. And what that's, gets you into uh, Ah, uh, stouts. I would, I would honestly argue it's either going to be Guinness or the uh, peanut butter milk uh, stout from. Oh, Denver. interesting. Yeah. I, I have a different take. I have a beer in my fridge that might give you a different take on barrel aged stouts, but well, that's a whole other topic. I think the campfire stout, Anderson Valley. Oh, Get that one's stouts. good. Like okay. Okay. So stouts. Okay. So that would be a good one if we did a gateway for stouts. So a gateway to barrel aged stouts, right? So so you guys who are listening to the podcast have like a future sight or a forevision of here of what we're going to do here. It's very exciting. Uh, kudos to you guys, right, for listening because you know what's going mm-hmm. on. But in my fridge, I have a white stout version or a golden stout version of Dragon's Milk. Oh. Which, Interesting. Which Dragon's Milk, to me, has always been the kindergarten entry level for barrel-aged stouts. I agree. Plan B, Anderson Valley uh, Turkey, the, the wild turkey bourbon kind of stout. So that, that, that one is made with wild turkey bourbon barrels and is available year-round. Okay. They're both at about 6.5%. They're both pretty easy going, right? Yep. What's a gateway sour that's readily available? Can you come up with one? Because I can't. I don't think I've seen any sours in like grocery stores or anything. So that's kind of where I'm thinking, right? Is where are these people going to go? They don't know to go to the breweries. They're going to go to like Rayleigh's 100%, or... Which is why that, you know, both these other beers, Anderson Valley and the Juice Blackberry, are perfectly great. They're found, yeah, they're at, they're at grocery stores, they're at some of the shops. Sours. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if there's a gateway sour. This is a good question. <laughs> Bless you twice. If you sneeze the third time, you just want attention. It's fine. That's how it works. It means they need to start on the pants. There you go. Jordan sneezing, snapping his fingers. Girls might like that. Now you're gonna like. I'm gonna stay up tonight. I can't sleep now tonight because you asked me about the sour. Readily so accessible gateway it. sour. <sighs> I don't think it exists. There isn't one. There isn't one. You know what comes out this week, though? Hmm. It was either last week or this week. It's the new Copacabana uh, Strawberry Lime Sour from Fort Rock. We have to go try that out. So, 
We're going to have to test that one out. Because the first one was fantastic. Second one, kind of a letdown if you're expecting it to be in line with the first one. The second one was a pineapple, like a pineapple mango. So it was a little bit more mild flavor, more of a smoothie sour. Still good. It just didn't have the punch the first one. I, I'm expecting this third one, the strawberry limeade, to have a lot of punch. Sure. And the Copa Copalama series has been fantastic for sours, but still they don't bottle them or can them or anything. It's only the breweries. I, I, I think when you're talking about sours, I think the only sours we've ever seen are in cans at the brewery or on tap. I've never seen a sour in the shop. Well, well. That's not true. Kombucha. We sours in a bottle shop. What about kombucha? Does that work? You can get bottled mm. sours in a bottle shop. Bro, you we can. can drive to Smart Mart right now and get a whole bunch of different bottles, sour bottles. Those are very Oh, nice. for sure. Yeah, so so is that the gateway is to walk through the front doors of Smart Mart or Rockland Bottle Shop? Because that, be that might be the trick. I mean, so, right? yeah, I don't know that there's a Rayleigh's or Safeway option for sours. That's what I was saying, kombucha. If you like kombucha or like boba, you'll like sours. You just have to go to the source. Versus, like, you can get left at right at Rayleigh's. You know, that's the difference. Yeah, so that's my next idea. It's Gateway Beers. I still want to do the blind taste. I want to see if what we think oh, about different styles yeah. is what we think. And we got to rate them before we try them. I'll my sister pour them and just number them and then give me a card. Is that what, is the paleo the first one? Paleo, I think, should be the first one. So we have five different paleos, right? Mirror Pines, Sierra Pond, Nevada, Hoppy Palm, Monkey Knife Fight, okay. and... I only had four. Rolling Rocks of Paleo. Nah, that doesn't count. And... I think Rolling Rocks should be in the domestic throwdown. What about, there's a Stone Paleo that's really good. Or there's a, um... Another one I'm thinking of. I know we had five. I think we only had four, bro. Straight up, I've only had four for a minute. I think we had five. I swear we had five. I, I'm telling you, we didn't. You want to find a fifth, that's fine. We have four. Well, a fifth one. Psychologically speaking. Ooh, excuse me. Psychologically speaking, having an odd number. It does something to your mentality of having to rank items. If you have an even number, your mind doesn't put as much effort into ranking the items. So if, that's why when you do a survey, they either have one through three, good, medium, bad, okay. or medium, bad, whatever, one through five. Do so. you know the, that's actually not the most effective way to take a survey, though? The most effective way to take a survey is to get four options. Really? Because if you get five options, there's a neither agree nor disagree option. And by taking mm. away that middle option, you're forcing people to take a side. So Nothing's in the four. middle. Nothing's it's, it's either in the lower half or the upper half. Okay, so you'd rather do the four. I'd rather do the four. Okay, that's an interesting. Well, you and I have always argued whether or not Monkey Knife Fighter Sarah Nevada Pale Ale is the best West Coast Pale Which one's the best one? Uh, Monkey Knife Fighter. You're wrong. But you're wrong. That's one of my plans. <laughs> we can finally settle this. We can finally settle this. Oh. So one of us is going to accidentally pick Hoppy Palm. <laughs> <laughs> or Mirror Ponds. That would be so funny. 
Oh, it's like the you know how they do the um, the blind uh, vodka taste testing, uh-huh. and everyone like kind of decided that um, Grey Goose wasn't the best, even though Grey Goose has always said they're the best vodka. I can see it. Yeah, it's just marketing. So if we go in this blind, and we don't know what's what, we just kind of have our own history of tasting and what we like, our, our personal preference. It might be very interesting to see what each beer tastes like. Blinds, without, without yeah, the I power, know. Without the right? confirmation bias of what each one yeah. tastes like. And we got a warm up the palate. Yeah. You can pick your beer. You know, I, I'm, you know, something. Why don't we just call it neutral? We both have an 805 blonde before we drink these pale ales. Great. I think that's just, perfect just because there's no brewery preference. Mm-hmm. And the 805 is a very good beer. It's very complex if you want to look for it. It's also very mild. It's not going to overprime our palates for pale ale. It's going to set us up pretty nicely, you know. Hmm. This is a good double. The, the left eye right is a very good double. Oh man, this so this is why this is my favorite double IPA period. Yeah. My favorite track seven beer. Now, to be clear, it's not my favorite track seven beer I've ever had. Hmm. But because it is almost it's usually available at breweries. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much always available in tall bottles. Usually available in six packs. Yeah, you can find it everywhere now. It's crazy. Uh, and it's just, to me, this is the best double IP I've ever had. So, when I talked about my time in Seattle last summer, it was hard for me to find beer because most places were shut down. The only place I could look for beer was the grocery store. And we talked about this as being a podcast episode. What can you find at the grocery store? If you're a beer snob, like, well, how do you rank the stuff that you can get readily available? So we didn't have these Sacramento beers, which Track 7, Left That Right is one, also one of my favorites. But they had a beer that was very close, that I was very excited about. Do you remember what that beer was called? It was a hazy, but it was very similar to this taste. Excuse me, it was Hop and Malt Profile. Is this like Rogue something? Rogue Bat Squatch. That was my jam. It was a, almost this is what we had at Norman. Yep, it was a hazy version of this as a single IPA, is what I would say. That yeah, was good. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I'd be interested to have it on draft uh, from the can-to-can comparison. I'd rather have this, but it's good. Yeah. It's, clo- it's close. It's real close. When you smell it, it smells very similar. Yeah. But this is a little bit more punch to it, and I think this is a little bit more... Again, this is Sacramento, which I, I think we both have a preference of Sacramento beers over uh, some of the Oregon varieties, but yeah. All right. Now, Yay. as you're finishing this one, how do you feel? Would you rather split a can of the next one and potentially do something else off the podcast, mm. or do you want to go full pint? So, if we do anything else off the podcast, I have a Legion Space Dust. That's about it. I don't know that I, I, I love the idea of doing space dust, but I do know that there are other things in the fridge that you have given to me, air quotes, mm. that might be interesting. So for the purpose of the podcast, we're going to split one can. Yeah. And then if we decide we want to split another one, sure. so be it. On a piece. So be it. You heard him. And then, you heard him, guys. And then let's see where we go. Oh. 
So I'm excited to talk about this next beer. Mmm. Really because... I, I, I don't know why I try to scoot in. It is the start of an idea that I've I've really been pitching, at least maybe not in the context of the podcast, but I've been pitching to you for a long time. Mm-hmm. And falls in line with a hazy panic ideal, and I hope they really start to consider it. Because this next year is triple panic. Oh, yes. So this is something we've always talked about because left eye right eye has a left eye right eye left eye. Hold on, let me finish this one. Hold on. You can't taint them. You know better, Jordan. You know. I actually thought your glass was empty because I thought you had enough time to drink it, but it's fine. Apparently not. Yeah, apparently not. No, I am, uh, I'm a babysitter. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm a good babysitter. Also aware. <sighs> but yeah, we, they have a left eye, right eye, left eye of... Left or right eye, right? Triple version. But they don't have any other variants until now, except for Hazy Panic, which we don't talk about. And they made Triple Panic, which you know, for a long time I've been saying they should do a Double Panic and a Triple Panic. Mm-hmm. I'd even be interested in a Quad Panic. A Bomber of a Quad Panic. Just mm-hmm. bombers. So we, we, we've tried the um, Bomber version of, uh, I forget which uh, IPA it was from, maybe uh, Hopped Arranged. I'd and we are hopologists, you know, I'd be interested to see what Track 7 can do with a quad. Well, hop range is a quad. Right. And to us, it's... Hoptologist is a quad, too. It's a double. Wait, oh, so you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Hoptologist is a double. Excuse me. That's what I'm saying. So hop range tasted, to me, before my palate was really developed, it tasted like fizz. I couldn't taste anything. It was insane. I'd be curious to try it again. But I'd also be curious to try hoptologist again. Because we both had fun to the Elder and said, it's not that great. It's good, but... The hype. It's really not a double IPA. I mean, it is, kind of. But as far as how it's hyped, when people say, oh, this is the best double IPA of all time, like, ah, not. No. no. Not even close. No. There are so many other beers I'd rather have. Yeah. Plenty. And to be honest, we can't even name them all, because we've had so many beers that are like, actually, this is at mm-hmm. least on par, if not better. All right, Cheers. Cheers. Of course, bad luck. Cold panic. It smells like panic. Okay. Let's see if this is a hot take to you or not. I think this is smooth and left every day. Yeah. It is. It tastes kind of like a stanky panic. It's got a little stank to it. To me, thinks uh, it makes me think they add a little bit more citra at some point. Interesting. It's got this stanky dank to it. Alright, I want you to start thinking about this now. Because we're going to drink and talk about this beer for a little bit. Then we're going to rank the cans. Yeah. Well, we'll do hindsight first. Did we yeah. drink them in the right order? And then we'll talk about what our ranking is as far as best to worst. Yeah. Alright. Ah. <sighs> This is good. This definitely doesn't have the same kind of bite from left eye right eye. But I do think it has a it has a comparable fullness at the very least. So like if you were to try and chug this, I think I feel like halfway through the glass you'd be like, oh man, this is a lot. To me, I would say 
This is tastes very similar to the Panic Single uh, IPA, right? Regular IPA. Mm-hmm. You can definitely taste that they added more hops. You can taste that they added the hops in a different way. If you were to give this to me side by side with regular Panic, I would say this is like a dry hops double Panic. Okay. I wouldn't even think this is a triple Panic unless you told me. I wouldn't go there. Because the aromatic smell. It's almost like that. Um, I know they got 10.5% on it, but that's a pretty big number. Regular panics like 6, 5.5, 6, something like that. About it's seven. Like 7. Is it really? Almost pushing, I thought. Hmm. Okay. Keep going, I'm going to look it up. So, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you and I have had enough beers where they've added citra at different temperatures and different stages. Or it gets kind of this burnt, danky citra taste. And we both know that citra is a big influence on the regular panic single IPA, right? So that's my understanding, at least. Yeah. Because when you smell orange and grapefruit, you taste a beer that's filtered, a little bit bitter. Seven on the dot. I got it right. Okay. Yeah. So interesting, just to think about it. Seven is the single. This double, even though it's left eye right eye, different series is 8.5. And then this triple was 10.5, which is comparable. You know, it's not. It's linear, almost, yeah, you would, you would assume. Uh, yeah, but. Which is just funny to think about. You know, we talk about Brewers and 10 all the time as far as IPAs are concerned. So. Well, yeah, if you just look at the can, you would say, yeah, this looks like some. Other run-of-the-mill triple West Coast IPA, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. think anything of it. Like, oh, okay, cool. I like doubles. I'm gonna try a triple. This one would be an interesting triple to try if, if it was a can release. But this one's, I think, I don't think I've seen it in stores. Uh, I've only seen it at the brewery. So, but that's my argument. If you put this side by side with regular Panic and blind test, I would say this is a double. Interesting. Because you can't taste, there's no indication other than the can that it's 10.5. It doesn't taste like it's 10.5. So there's no indication. But when I had it by itself the night when, so Chris's family is moving back to Michigan, where Mm -hmm. they're from, when we had just a half pint of this, it felt really thick to me. This is also happening in the context of. You know, a night of beer drinking. Mm-hmm. So while I do think it's a little bit on the light side for a triple, I don't know that it's necessarily out of triple territory as far as its texture. I think there's just a boldness to let that mm-hmm. right eye that sort of that's fair. That sort of creates an ambiguity as far as what we're experiencing. Well, left that right eye is just one of those beers that checks all of the boxes. You know. Yeah, man. It's like here's a double IPA. That you can drink all the time. It's left there right eye. Bro, like even you know? if we build a kegerator, we could go get a keg of this from track seven. We just have it on draft. Of triple? Well no, left eye right eye. Oh well, yeah, I would drink this all day every day, dude. This is great. It's awesome. We we don't even have to homebrew for that. You just need a Sankey keg connector on your kegerator. Yeah, I can. Easy. Done. Done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not hard. It's not a hard decision to make. Hmm. How much space do I have on my patio? Can you put the camera right here? Yes. 
Okay. You can build a kegerator that's barely wider than that the car park you have over there. <laughs> the race car wings that I have stored on my patio. <laughs> barely, barely, barely wider. In fact, yeah. if you find it smaller, it might even be a little bit shorter. I'm not even kidding. It would yeah. be right here on your on your your outdoor patio. Yeah. Ooh, now it's sounding like a uh, adoption commercial. Because I, I've been watching my smud. Because um, yeah, that's right. I'm on smud. You can deal with it. I'm on smud. It's cheaper. Uh, my electricity bill, being gone for the last few days, has only been like a dollar fifty a day. But that's also because I've had my crazy supercomputer turned on and my refrigerator going. You know, everything else is turned off. So if I had a kegerator out here, you know, I mean, it might be an additional dollar a day to run a kegerator. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe. And I think that could be that could be counted for. You know, that might be something that we could uh, definitely do here. That'd be cool. I mean, if uh, Track Seven Keg is two hundred fifty bucks, mm -hmm. and that keg it'll, it'll has lasts us about two days. Plus forty pints. Mm -hmm. That's about two days. Oh, ah. Very <laughs> heavy drinking. <laughs> I am very kidding. I'm kidding. Ooh, man. It's more like a week. A very heavy drinking. <laughs> um, I right, find two weeks. And it should probably, even then. We're um, each getting 20 pints out of it, man. Yeah. Woo! 40 pints at 200 bucks plus a, do plus a dollar. Five bucks. So we're talking about five bucks a pint plus $14 in electricity. So that's pretty standard. Let's let track seven pay for that movie. I'll do. I'll do the math. is also pretty great because you know the high the high end of, of brewing a double IPA is about three bucks a pint. The high uh, absurdly high end. Yeah. Absurdly high. End. Yeah, you can brew a half for fifty cents a pint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be playing playing with you, bro. Whew. Fifty cents a pint. Wow. We can brew like a really good banana half, like American River used to. Oh, Ooh, so man, sit by the pool. Oh. 50 cents. 50 cents. Puts Widowmaker in the dirt. It does. But you have to travel back east. Um, we have to go to my uncle's restaurant and get either the best hamburger you've ever had or the best fish sandwich you've ever had. And then walk I'll a block. The we'll walk a block and a half to the where the dock is where they have a bar. It has Widowmaker for a dollar a pint. And we'll just sit, sit there and drink the rest of the afternoon. It is hard to beat. So Widowmaker is not that great of a beer. It's okay. It's a black it, lager. It's, it's okay. But yeah. for a dollar a pint, it's pretty hard to beat. It's That's... that's oh, man. You're right. So, not even pretty hard. Uh, it's really hard to beat. Like if someone said, hey, do you want this hard seltzer from Track 7 for six bucks or do you want Widowmaker? Like, how? Ah, I'll do a hard seltzer first. And I'm gonna do three or four pints of Widowmaker probably after that. Mm-hmm. Walk so out for ten bucks before tax. Mm-hmm. You had five and a half beers. Yeah. Without ABV. So. Whew. Widowmaker's good, man. On a hot day. For a black lager, it's really crushable. Yeah. So that's. This yeah. triple pan is good. You know, I will say it sneaks up on you though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. With a ten and a half ABV, they're definitely not lying. Nope, I've already started thinking about dinner. That's how you know. I was going to DoorDash something. Mmm. 
So you get to think about that. When we finish the podcast, we'll crack up another beer. Mmm. But I can door dash it. What? So I'll, I'll door dash it. I, I got and it's fine. If you want to, I I'm going to stop you. Got but I got it too. I got money. Oh, man. Alright, so, as we're winding down on the pints. It's catching up to me. You're right. It's catching up. Let's talk about... Did we drink these in the right order? Hard seltzer, the electric blue sour. Which is a burger base. Really? Peach and mango, sangria inspired, and double... Left there, right eye. Yeah. And then she will pan it. So, so I guess to, to your point, it's a seltzer, a burger base, which is a weak sour, and we had an almost imperial sour, and we definitely had an imperial sour. Yep. And we had a double IPA and a triple IPA. Yep. I would say that's the right order. Oh, really? I think that's the correct order. Well, let's let's get rid of this this. For whatever reason, I decided to prime us. We're talking about personal issues before that the recording was odd, but, you know, of the Mai Tai. Well, we had the choice between the Mai Tai PA or... And the Kilim Goes. Kilim Goes. So okay. I thought it was a perfect transition to these OEFs. The third option was Oranges or Orange from Lead Dog, which is a orange, sour, hazy IPA of sorts. And we decided to go with this one. It's very crushable. It was like 20 degrees hotter when we started. <laughs> But wasn't, um, it definitely didn't, you know, it primed the palate. It definitely didn't take yeah. away from anything. And that's what my, my gamble with this uh, my Thai PA from Alvarado Street was. It was a very light West Coast, you know. It wasn't going to interfere with anything. Did we get it right? Delicious. I think, so, I have to say that since I had a flight of these before we had this, I, this is the, based on the flight that I had, this is the order that I would have drank them in. This is not the order. also the same order they poured your flight in. No. Oh, what order, okay, interesting. What order did they put the flight in? Um, it was like this. No, you're tripping. No, it was like this. You're Here tripping. You no, Seltzer, Peach Mango. Oh, yeah, uh, Blue, Electric Blue, and then Imperial. Yeah, that's how they put it. Yeah. And then my friend Matt, you know my friend Matt, as I was helping him move that day, he didn't do the Peach Mango. He did, he did the Seltzer. To the rainbow sherbet sour, oh, actually to the blue, and then to the rainbow sherbet sour, and then. To oh, the that's beer. how you drank it. No, that's how he drank his. Oh, flight. okay. So prior to that, that's how you ended up drinking it. I drank mine like this. That's how you ordered it, or that's how they. That's poured how they poured it, it but I, I knew better to. To drink them the right Interesting. order. Interesting. And that's the order that we drank them tonight is the order that I drank them when they gave me the flight, because I knew better. Okay. So you have zero issues with this order. Zero. All right, Jordan, go for it. Crush my dreams. You were right. I had a suspicion that you were right. Triple Panic was less. You were right. Body than Left Eye Right Eye. It's been a minute since I've been able to have Left Eye Right Eye. So for our listeners, all I did was the four sours. I think we drank those in the correct order. Yeah, ascending order of ABB There's and a, complexity. No, we didn't. Not ascending order of ABB. That's the plot twist, is the oh, hard seltzer is a higher ABV than the burger oh, bites. Oh, jeez. Okay, that's the range. So, okay. So the, the okay. thing is, you could you could make a case to drink the electric blue prior to the hard seltzer. I mm. disagree with that take. You could make it. I strongly disagree with it. But the seltzer was definitely I the first pro- one. You know, 
we we talked about this. I really thought that Triple Panic should be at the end, and you thought Left Eye Right Eye should be second to or. I thought Panic Triple Panic should be at the end. You thought Left Eye Right Eye should be at the end. You ended up going Left Eye Right Eye second to last, which is funny because it it should have gone last, even mm. though it's two percent lower. It just has a bolder flavor to it. I don't know yep. how to explain it. Yep. It's got more body. It's more balanced. It's very. That's this one of my favorite beers, man. You it's turn, my favorite track no, seven beer. You turned me on to Left Eye Right Eye, and even though it's a double West Coast. It's one of my favorite beers. And I don't usually go for the West Coast anymore. I, I usually go for the hazies. I go for the sours. I go for the whatevers. Left that right eye is just so good. 100%. Like, I remember when you asked me what my favorite track seven beer was, and then at my birthday party you showed up with a growler of left that right eye. And I yeah. couldn't be more thrilled because that was the answer I gave. And Yep. It's the truth. It is my favorite track seven beer, left that right eye. And I'm not an IPA guy. It's just such a good... It's just such a good beer. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how else to explain it. Left eye, right eye, left eye is great too. I wish they'd make a left eye. That might, you know, if they make uh, a left eye, it might even become my favorite. Like because you can argue that even though they're both West Coast, left eye has a different hop profile than Panic. Yep. Panic. So here, here's the funny part. So we argue about which types of beers are the best, right? We we agree that for pale ales. Um, I, I think uh, Monkey Knife Fight's a pale ale. It's better than Sierra Nevada. I would say that's Sacramento's pale ale. But Track 7 Panic, single IPA, is Sacramento's IPA. Oh, yeah, 100%. You can actually get that on draft in a lot yeah. of places. What would happen if they made a left eye West Coast IPA? I think it would be better than Panic. I'm not even playing. Woo, boy. We're talking about... Uh, Overthrowing the king, man. Overthrowing Sacramento's IPA. Dude. I think, okay, what if we tested, we did a blind taste between left eye, right eye, left eye. Mm-hmm. Triple panic. And triple panic. We save that out of the can. And there's a couple other triples that we can find. Needy Deep has one. And there's, you know, well, Needy Deep has a couple. Uh-huh. You know, what if we just threw down with those and just, you know, what if, what if, you know, we've been hating on Knee Deep a lot. What if Knee Deep comes out of that the king? We might have to put some respect on Knee Deep's name. Highly unlikely. But, so if we're doing triples, maybe. But if we're doing, if we're doing double IPAs, which track seven, it would have, it'd have to be left or right eye, right? We'd go up against, like, optologists. Or Amarillo, or those are the two other double IPAs that try it. Base. I think but you then try it. New Glory, which one would you put up? Claimstick, which one would you put up? I don't know. Fort Rock, they I think they have a double IPA. I don't know. It's good. We, we'd have so to look at the stuff, like, right? Here's the so. thing is, is we, you know, and it's not even just gateway beers, you know, it's sort of like we talked about. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there can only be one, uh-huh. but, but the blind test. The blind tasting version. Blind test, blind taste, depending on how you want to say it. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. But I think I think I just think it'd be interesting to do truly blind tasting and, and not let uh, confirmation bias and brand bias sort of dictate what we think. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be an interesting experiment. All right. As we're we're coming down to the tail end of the pints. 
One to a hundred. What grade does track seven get? So, the one thing we haven't talked about tonight for our usual uh, very spotlight is we do three crawlers, right? That's fair. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. I mean, so, my only, well, not we're close about, to three. We're close yeah. to the, the volume of three crawlers. We are. But the now, variety. The variety is much greater. Yep. Now, okay, go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm interested to hear, because you're correct. Mm-hmm. Brewery Spotlight is typically three crawlers in the grade. Mm-hmm. But this Brewery Spotlight was your idea based on this premise. So Yeah, right, I, I, really mean, here. I think the, the fact that the Track 7 knew that having a seltzer, a Berliner Vase style, which was kind of a, a mild, you know, um, sour IPA, a uh, borderline imperial and a definite imperial sour, you know, mixed four pack that you could buy. I think that was a very smart option. That was a very good play because normally we don't have that option. We have to pick based on the board. We have to pick a spread. Um, our spread is usually three beers. This one we had six, one, two, six different beers across. Twice as many. But yeah, exactly. And we've had more track seven beers than most of the responses. Exactly. Too. So we have uh, a little bit of bias and a little bit of a previous experience. I right? certainly do, yeah. which is why I'm really mm-hmm. interested to hear your number. No, I think this is a, is a good idea. I wish that. Well, maybe not. I, I think this is the best way to go. Um, as far as trying to spread, even though we, most two thirds of our beers we had tonight were sours or sour influenced, um, I think that it being summer and it being hot as as balls out helps us with having two thirds of our beers being sours. Uh, I, I still think Track Seven makes some of the best sours that you can get in the region. So we we talked about doing our Sacramento. Pop around, uh, one day drinking flights, which we've done in different cities. We've never done here. This might be uh, a good time this summer to do this pop around drinking flights because there's a lot of good sours, there's a lot of good uh, double, single, triple IPAs, a lot of good stouts. There's a lot, there's a lot of variety this summer because things are starting to open up and people are starting to celebrate. Um, I think though for a can release, which is, I, I think normally what we do is the three crawlers. Is a, this is one of the more exciting ones. This one has a lot of variety to it. I, I think Track Seven held its own. I, I don't. I have. There's just there's like no negative things to say. I don't think we we took Track Seven down a peg. I think Track Seven we've both felt has been towards the top tier, and this just kind of proved it. You know, so like, I'll, I'll kind of double down on what you're saying in the sense that, like, depending on how you want to look at it, having six beers versus three yeah. can be an advantage for Track 7 or it can be a disadvantage. But the fact yeah. of the matter is they made six incredible beers. Yeah. One being a staple, you know, four of them being a whole series, and one of them being, you know... So a, we have five as part of a brand-new series. All f- So Triple Panic and then all four Sours were brand-new. Yeah, and one so weekend. I'm even willing to count these oh yes as one thing. Okay. Plus triple panic and then left eye right eye. So being Which is three, a stable. Being three different things. Really 
I mean, I guess the six cans, and I'm, I'm a little bit biased. I don't want to overstate or understate how biased I really am. So, mm-hmm. regardless of that, though, what's your grade? One to 100. So, so for our listeners, though, 1 to 10, it's not an effective grading scale. Because so, when it's only 1 to 10, an A to a 9 doesn't feel like a big jump. But no. when it's 1 to 100, 80 to 90 feels like a huge jump. Yeah. All right, so we're going back to school on this one. So we previously talked about the 4-pack. Um, I feel the 4-pack was an A6. If you're going to go for all six beers that we tried tonight, including the triple no, no, panic. No, no, no. As a brewery, how would you create chest? But that's what I'm saying. As all six, with the triple panic and the double letter included, in this, mm-hmm. in this six beer flight that we did, I'd still give them like a 94, 95. I, I still think they are, are solid A. Maybe not, I don't know, depending on the university, A to A+. plus. Like a ninety-five percent of all of the breweries you've been to. Mm-hmm. What is the number you'd give Track Seven? So here's where it gets tricky. Is it fifth place? Is it sixth place? Here's where it gets really tricky. If we're just talking about these six beers, <gasps> excuse me, I would say Track Seven is might be my second or third favorite all time. Oh, that's pretty high. Okay. For these six. If you're talking about the entirety of what you know about Track 7 versus the other brews you've been to. I'd put them... So so here's the caveat. New Glory used to be, I'll be my honest, favorite. Second is too high to me based on what you've said, based on the breweries I've known you've mm-hmm. been to. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to say, I was going to say they're third or fourth, but that depends on the uh, perception or the opinion of, of uh, New Glory because New Glory has expanded, but they've I also... I disagree. Keep going. I don't think it has anything to do with New Glory. Keep going. I think New Glory has kind of um, fallen down a little bit during COVID. Okay. I would put that... Which you and I both previously talked about top five. So New Glory for me was like second or third. No, I don't mean Sacramento area. I mean of all time, every brewery you've ever been to... Yeah. What, track seven That's is what I'm second. talking about. Second or third. No, so New, New, Glory, Glory. New Glory is second or third for me. And Track so, 7 kind of flip-flops with them. Yeah, and so okay, now, since COVID, I think New Glory has sold. They have new artwork. They're not as creative. I think they've dropped down to 5 or 6. New, or track 7 is still 4 or 5 for me. So, whoa, 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 no, no. You just said Track 7, 2nd or 3rd. Did I? Yes. Okay, so, all time? Because yes, we you both said track seven is second or third all time. We both agree that kilowatt number one is the goat. Yes, the goat is the goat. Now Chris has been there once. I want to be really clear. I've been there three times. Every time I've mm-hmm. gone to kilowatt, I'm about to go again this month. It's July oh, 21. I'm about to go again at the end of the month. Jordan's bragging about it again. It's true. I'm not even gonna lie. Jordan likes to brag. I'm gonna send you a picture of my flight because they just started doing flights again. I'm not yeah. even gonna play. I'm gonna send you a picture of my flight. <laughs> Uh, every time I've had beer at Kilowatt, which is just to double down on what you think you know about Kilowatt, every time I've had a beer at Kilowatt, the first sip I've had has given me the chills. I'm still saying that uh, Track 7 is second and third. Kilowatt's to go, okay. Mm-hmm. And so the New Glory is second or third. They, they fell. No, 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 no. New Glory fell from second or third because they used to be in okay. line with so Track 7. Okay, so what is second or third? For me, it's Moon Ranker Track 7, and it's depending on the week. Oh, okay. 
I disagree with you. Moonraker, or, or Tracks, so or, uh, I want New, you to finish your thought. New Glory used to be that number two spot for me, but they've fallen a couple places since COVID. They've expanded. They've doubled down on their staples with their increased uh, beer output. I think they Something sold out. Something has completely changed with them, though. Yeah, they're not the same as they used to be. I think Track 7 now has taken the lead on experimentation and the quality of beer. They are far superior to New Glory. So if I was to say so. Track 7 is the best brewery in Sacramento, is there any pushback from you? No. Great. Not last now, response. Ready? Nothing. No, I'm, I'm ready? Good. Yeah. Here's what I want your, your thought on. Good. Great notion. Better brewery than Track 7. I don't think we have enough evidence to say that. Great, because Track 7 is my fourth best brewery of all time. Now, and here's why I ask. So, we, we've... Jordan bragging once again. Bragging about... Hold on, we, we've agreed that Kilowatt is the best. Yep, the GOAT. Uh, I've been able to sort of, you know, and then for the sake of science, I've been able to sort of field test it. Yeah, for science, okay. And then second, honestly, oh, man, track second, seven's pretty good. Hold on, like, track seven's close, but I think second is great notion. Ready? Yeah, okay. I think third is surly, and here's why. When you and I had great notion, that was it was at the end of a long day of drinking. And it was still really good. It was still incredible. Yes. At the end of a long day of drinking. Now, to be fair for our audience, if you haven't checked out ChrisMoretiPhotography.com, you should because there's an article about our Portland beer trip. Mm -hmm. uh, and we went to eight breweries, eight or nine. Eight? I think it was nine. I think it was we did nine and eighty-seven. Uh, and we did at least mm -hmm. at least eighty something samples. Yeah, I think we went to nine breweries, pretty, and 87 samples. Yeah, those twice. numbers are certainly close. Yeah. I, I can't confirm nor deny. It's, it's, uh, yeah. But it's a the, lot. But <laughs> whew, the last eight samples we did for that day were at Great Notion, and we agreed that each of those eight oh. years were fantastic after a full so, day of drinking and with fully burnt out palates. That was the, the Carl Strauss effect. Now, my third best brewery. Any guesses? It's not Track 7, and it's not a Sacramento brewery. It's not Surly. It's Surly. It's Surly, okay. Third best brewery okay. I've ever been to is Surly in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is only second to mm. Great Notion, because if I compare my experiences of the beer, Great Notion has a slightly, very slightly better track record, and that was on a burnt-out palate, versus Surly got me on a fresh palate, and Surly Ooh. had a staff that knew what they were doing. That so, helps. Yeah. with a staff that knew what they were doing, and knew how to recommend pairings, which you know is my, my guilty pleasure. For the... Now, the staff, I didn't ask them about pairings. They said, hey, if you're into pairings, here's what you should do. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that means extra tip. And... Hmm. And you were, you're correct, especially because I've worked in the service <laughs> industry for more than a decade. Now, if even with that leg up, mm -hmm. at the end of a hard day of drinking, Great Notion was still better to me. 
It just speaks to what Great Notion can do. Oh, dude, we've had like two of their beers here, and they're fantastic they're beers. I can only imagine their at beer the pairings, and at the source, the flight. Yeah, so so oh, specifically, boy, Shirley's great. Woo! Uh, I think, you know, if we were to do, you know, Chris and I do beer trips, if we were to do a, a day trip to Minneapolis, I think we would need two days. A yeah. day to do Surly and a day to do everything else we wanted to do. I'm not kidding. In the summertime with no snow. Correct. Because <laughs> the snow sucks. Yes. I went, yes. I'm not kidding, three days after the, the snow apocalypse. I'm not even kidding. Well, right now they're having the sun apocalypse. It's uh, like 100 right. degrees Good. in Minneapolis. It would do them better. I think it's helpful for them. Um, now, track seven is my fourth best brewery of all time. And track Sorry. seven is my favorite brewery. Favorite brewery in the Sacramento area. Hmm. I give them a solid 95. Okay, so, so you now, asked me the question. I'm going to ask you the question. These six beers that we just had, yours is almost done. Okay, yours is now done. Rank the beers. Rank them? You asked me to rank them. And you rank them like this. I rank them like that. I said, this is the order we should drank them. No, 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 that's hindsight. Hindsight, the order we should have drank them in. Okay, so that's your hindsight? Hindsight is, is we left should have finished with four. left right instead of triple panic. Okay. Even though the ABV for triple panic was higher. Okay, so then what's okay, the so order we should have drank them in? Well, hindsight. no, that is the order we should have drank them in. The hindsight. hindsight. So what's the hindsight? No, this is the hindsight. Okay. Now, as far as best beer. That's what we did, though. No, no, we didn't do best beer. We did hindsight. The order we should have drank them in. You said this. I'm saying this. I, no, no, no. So I thought we drank Left That Right Eye before we had... Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, you're right. I'm saying so this. hindsight is Left That Right Eye's closer. Hind I agree. Hindsight. I agree Left That Right Eye should have been closer. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay, great. Now, as far as best beer goes, do you want me to go first or do you want to go second? You go first. Or do you want to go first? Let's, let's see what you got, man. As far as best beer... Let me move the, uh, the sour glasses out of the way. have here, Jordan. Explain to the listeners. I have yeah. the first two cans remain the same. Seltzer. Seltzer. Blue raspberry. Blue electric. raspberry. Yep. I think, I mean, and a lot of this, this first part of the order speaks to my, really speaks to my bias of the electric mm -hmm. blue is really something that I'm really keen on. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, a variety of things that if a brewery does, I'm like, oh, I have to have it. I have to have it. I don't even know if it's going to be good. I have to have it. Like, I just, okay. I'm hook, line, sinker. Fair enough. Now, the sangria thing is next. The F, yeah, Imperial the Sour. F, yeah, because, you know, it bothers me that you can't taste everything that's on the can. Yeah. And yeah. then next, I have the, the Hell Yeah. I like the Hell Yeah Peach Mango Sour. That was actually my favorite of the four in the four-pack. That was the best. Now, me. I will tell you that the Triple Panic between the Left Eye Right Eye was close. I think oh. Triple Panic offers a novelty that I've been waiting for and sort of tugs at my heartstrings in a way that I'm really thrilled that they've finally starting to do this. Yeah, for sure, yeah. But it's just not a better beer than Left Eye Right Eye. It's just not. It's not. No. Because if Left Eye Right Eye is a stronger beer with 
2% less ABV. Okay, yeah, so triple panic is technically more crushable. But when we're in the 8 plus percentage range, mm -hmm. I don't know that we're really, really concerned mm -hmm. with crushable per se. At least, at least within the range in which these two beers are apart. Would you, rather, would you rather kill, and here's my thing, I would rather kill three or four pints of left eye right eye than three or four pints of triple panic. Can I, can I say something? Am I allowed to say something? Because I know we call out breweries all the time. Go for it. Can I call out track seven? Oh, interesting. In the Go most, ahead. like, raw, like, you guys have put out a left eye right eye double dry hop El Dorado series. And Jordan and I have both been very big fans. That's one of my all-time favorite Now, I have told you, Regular is my favorite compared to El Dorado. I am a big fan of the Double Dry Hopped El Dorado Left Eye Right Eye. Same, but I, mean, I would rather drink that version than the regular. That's oh, my opinion. So, um, that could be considered a triple uh, Left Eye Right Eye, but we don't have... so. So what we didn't do is a triple panic versus a left eye right eye left eye or a triple panic versus a left eye right eye double dry hops. And I think that would be a very interesting comparison. The problem is that I don't think track seven is going to make a triple panic in the near future beyond this can release. So how are we really going to compare these beers? Because I think that the left eye, right eye, left eye, West Coast, compared to the Triple Panic, is a very valid comparison. But a Panic, if you were to do a Panic double dry hopped versus a left eye, right eye, double dry hopped, that would be a good comparison. But I don't think Track 7 is going to do that. I don't know that it matters as far as the comparison between the left eye, right eye, left eye. Oh, and here's why. For tonight, I don't think it matters. Well, because no, here's yeah. the reason. Here's my reasoning: is if this if this left eye, right eye has a, has a more more body. Mm -hmm. Left eye, right eye, left eye is going to have more body than left eye, right eye. Yeah. And then through the transitive property of equality. Left eye, right eye. Body than panic. Well, well, left eye, right eye, double dry hopped. Would that have more body than triple panic? I don't know. We both had it. Probably. We don't have it tonight to compare, which is unfortunate. So, but okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Let's say this: if you were to split the difference between the gap of body between left eye, right eye, and triple panic. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would still be, like, do you think that's appropriate for left eye, right eye, double dry hopped, or not? So, this is where it gets into really interesting territory, where I think that Triple Panic still doesn't even start to encroach on the left eye, right eye territory. If you're talking about just a left eye single pale or single IPA. Yeah, the only reason I ask though hmm. is because the double dry hops, dry hopping usually increases increases aromatics mm -hmm. and decreases bitterness. Yeah. What we found, generally speaking. Yep. So do you think splitting the difference 
is, is so is splitting the difference where left eye right eye double dry hop lies, or do you not remember? No, so so my argument is that you could put uh, triple panic next to left eye right eye like we just did. You could put it next to uh, left eye right eye uh, double dry hop El Dorado, which is the one that that's my favorite version of left eye right eye, or left eye right eye left eye, which would be triple versus triple. Excuse me, I think the IPA um, comparison is not equal because the hop combination is different. So I think your argument of having a left eye single IPA version of left eye right eye compared to Panic would be a good comparison. Uh, left eye right eye left eye might be a good comparison to Trip Panic. But I think not only do they need a left eye, we now need a double panic. We do. That's what I'm saying. But it, it's hard to compare those in, in a linear fashion. Yeah. So my, my comparison is left eye, right eye, double dry hops, El Dorado is one of my all-time favorite beers. So if they made a double panic, double Which dry hops. Which is hop, good. I want to be clear. Even though good. I don't like it as much as the regular. It's good. It's still great. I would still rather have left eye, right eye, double dry hops. El Dorado, before mm -hmm. I'd take this triple panic. Yeah. But that's the thing, too, is would you like rather... All day. Like, I'm, so, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'd rather just sit there and day drink on Left Eye, Right Eye, DDH, El Dorado, before yeah. I would do a triple panic. So if we had, which, on, I apologize, my, my um, lack of foresight here, if we had a Left Eye, Right Eye, Left Eye bomber split to compare to Triple Panic, I still think we would like the left eye, right eye, left eye. I, I agree. I agree. I think that Triple Panic is a little overdone. Uh, That's what we need to try to do. We need to try and find panic. a left eye, right eye, left eye, and a hop trio. Well, we have one more can. Yep. Triple. Yep, this is what we need to do. I know where to find the um, El Dorado Double Dry Hops. Left eye, right eye. Let me see if we can find left eye, right eye, left eye. Okay, that, that's also true. Um, we need to find one of those. And then also, we need to find a hazy panic. Not for the same thing, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so I have a lot of people that I know that are fans of hazy panic, but don't like regular panic. I think this triple panic is more of a panic IPA than the hazy panic. IPA. I think this tastes more like the single than the hazy tastes like the single, which is kind of interesting, right? It, it throws a wrench into the, the mechanics a little bit. So if we're going to do a, uh, a Panic-inspired or an IPA, Sacramento's Best IPA podcast, I think we have to consider that. Yeah, like a, like a wrench in the, in the system there. Great. Well, so, do we agree <laughs> of these six beers that Left Eye Right Eye is the best beer? It's the best one. But, okay. And also, I think your argument that Triple Panic creeps up on you is also very true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what's your favorite track seven beer of all time? Left Eye Right Eye. Nah, come on. It is. What's your favorite Your favorite track yep. seven beer of all time? Left Even of right the eye. limited edition stuff. 
Uh, the double dry hopped Eldorado Latherado is my favorite. But yeah, that's kind of what I mean. That's like a that's a hundred percent, and then this regular standard edition left that right eye is still an eighty five percent for me. Oh, this is bro. I'm not even kidding. Mm. Like this is like a ninety five for me. No, I'm saying like if if compared to the double dry hopped Eldorado version, this one loses a few points. Oh no, but it's for sure. Fantastic. I think the so that's where we differ, because mm. I think that the double dry hop version sort of loses a few points. It's still great. No, no, no. Well, yeah, that's, this is this is one of my go-tos. This is why I have a six-pack of this. I have one four-pack of these OES, and then I bought one four-pack of this Triple Panic for a split between you, myself, and my dad. With my favorite track seven beer of all time. Oh. Great. What's my second favorite? Panic. Venus Venom. Oh, that's right. Venus Venom, which they never fucking made it again. They are betraying us. They're stabbing us in the heart. So here's what sucks, is it was a Uh, staple. According to the people we talked to, it was a staple. Yeah. And the one time we went was as they were closing it out as a staple. It was a chocolate cherry stout. Now, for our listeners, if you call it Cherry Bomb... In bottle shops by Prairie City Brewing, mm. Cherry Bomb is actually better than Venus Venom. Interesting. Prairie City. Prairie City. Brewing. Okay. Is the Cherry Bomb? I'm not kidding, bro. Is better than Venus Venom. Is it chocolate cherry stout as well? Comparable style. Higher ABV, bigger body, bolder flavor. I'm not kidding. When I went to. Uh, so I went to Prairie City with my buddy Mason in OU. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah. City. We, you know, I, I go to school in Norman, which is about a half hour outside the city. We drove into the city. Went to We went to Prairie. I had a sip of cherry bomb at the end of the night and got the chills. I was like, holy crap, this is better than Venus Venom. And my buddy Mason was like, what the hell are you talking about? It's good. It's good. But Venus Venom was one of my favorite, favorite beers I've ever had that I haven't been able to have again. Mm. I like Venus Venom more than I like the Honeydew Sour. More than I like the Oh Yeah Version 3 Watermelon. Yeah. They're good. Now, Track so 7 for me gets a 95 as well because Kilowatt gets a 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My two points subtracted is that I haven't seen Kilowatt do a. Um, well, actually, I have. I was going to say, it hasn't done a Belgian. The last time I was there, they did a Belgian quad. That was fantastic. So you're you're pushing us to get into more Belgians. What's what's our favorite Belgian quad to date? Ready? Oh, hold kilowatts. on. Kilowatts. Oh, no, I haven't had kilowatt Belgian. Outside of kilowatts, the Sticky Monkey. Sticky Monkey. That's now. There we go. Boom. Stick but that's a barrel-aged Belgian quad. But that, that's all. I, that's my introduction. Now, to quad. what that's if I, I told you that you could have Sticky Monkey on draft, but better, and not feel as hungover the next day? I would say you're a liar. And that's kilowatt. Mm. So kilowatt's a liar. I can't say that kilowatt's a liar because now they're on a seven-barrel system. They're all proud of it. And they're fucking awesome. They're fucking awesome. Mmm. They're the Spider-Man of the MCU. 
Okay, go ahead. Finish your take. They're a local, the inner city guy. Spider-Man's whole deal. He's the neighborhood Spider-Man. Okay. MCU is intergalactic. Like, holy fuck, we got all the stuff going on. Different galaxies, different star systems. But we need this guy. And you got fucking Spider-Man in your neighborhood who's like, man, I'm holding it down in this neighborhood. I got this shit covered. We're good to go. I've done some intergalactic missions with you. We, we, we've fought some interstellar super bad guys, but this is my neighborhood. I'm going to help Not out just the neighborhood. Not just a so, neighborhood, a bad neighborhood. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So new, uh, a beer well, neighborhood. Yeah, Kilowatt so... Kilowatt down in a beer neighborhood. Kilowatt is where all the other brewers go to, right, to drink good beer, right? Like, you've had personal experience with that, like, like so, Capitol yeah, and Coronado and... Is, oh, uh, boy. When, my uh, second time at Kilowatt, Ocean Beach had just won Best Brewery in San Diego. Best Brewery, Ocean Beach Brewing, which, you know, you and I have been to. Don't shake your head yet. You haven't been there to test it. The problem is... I'm shaking my head because I know how, how much hard time Spider-Man went through uh, after Tony Stark I died. Can't, I, can't, <laughs> I can't justify leaving Kilowatt because I don't make it down there enough. Oh, man. Like, I'm not going to lie, bro. Fuck. I'm not going to lie. Ready? Hmm. At the, end of the, at the end of this month, I'm about to go to Kilowatt. I'm going to sit there all day. What day? Tell me what day. You, after the podcast, you tell me what day. And I will fly down there with you. So it'll, it'll be sometime between the 23rd through the 26th. I don't know what day. You won't fly down, bro. You come down. I'm flying to Michigan on the 13th. I'll, I think I'm, be, I'm back the 23rd You won't fly down to Kilowatt with me? I'm thinking about doing it for a day. Fucking idiot. You want... You okay. Okay. Is it, is it a weekend? It's a weekend. Yeah. I'm flying home from Michigan on Friday. I think it's like the 23rd, 24th. Let me, okay, let me talk yeah. to my family and make sure, you know, you're not. I'll fucking Uber people. and meet you there. You know, your family is, your family just has to leave you a kilowatt. Oh, oh they'll That's leave what I'm saying. Just leave you know, your kilowatt. There's a track record of that happening. Like, I will find him there. Don't worry. Don't uh, find him there. We'll be. So I've been to kilowatt three times now. The second time I went, the Ocean Beach head brewer sat down. So kilowatt you can order a double flight. So mm-hmm. double flight is that was great. Is eight samples versus four. And they have that UV fucking crazy art gallery. Yeah. Right? So I, I ordered so a double flight. I finished my double flight. Oh. The head brewer of OB sits down. I ordered my second double flight because I'm you know I didn't run the board that 19 samples that day, but I had 16 of 19. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, the guy pouring the beer was like, oh you're studying. He's like, oh you must be a beer tourist. Which made me laugh. I was like, how do you know that? He's like, well, I can just tell by the way you're drinking your beer that you're you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And the Ocean Beach head brewer said, well, what, what did you get from your first flight? I was like, I don't know specifically, but I do know that the, the guava was brewed after the Hazy Jesus. Mm. I was like, how do you know that? I was like, well, the yeast didn't taste as fresh, and... The hops weren't quite as palatable, which you know is a little is mm. you know given the guava characteristic and a fruited IPA, you know the fact that the hazy can sort of stand up to it. Hazy hazy is just clearly brutally, mm. but I don't I don't know specifically. You know it's kind of hard to tell. He's like mm-hmm. actually, you know, based on the brew schedule, it's probably correct in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Oh, it's funny. He's like, hey, do you want a job at OB? <laughs> Like, well, actually, I live in Sacramento. Man, you can't afford me. 
First of all. Oh, he could. <laughs> oh, he could. That made me a mistake. Uh, and I was like, actually, I work in Sac- I live in Sacramento. I can't really work for you. And he's like, oh, it's a bummer. You know. And he gave me business cards. He said, if you ever move to San Diego, feel free to give me a call. Oh, boy. And, uh, which is cool. And he's like, you know, we just won Best Brewery. I was like, yeah, I just heard that, actually. And then I dropped ready this line. I was like, well, you know, I'm from Sacramento, and according to what you're telling me, Moxa is the fifth best brewery. It's like, oh, they're not the fifth best brewery in the world. Or the sixth best brewery in the world. That's no. how it was. He's like, they're not the sixth no. best brewery in the world. He's like, hey, buddy? He goes, I'm not sure they're the sixth best brewery in San Diego. San Diego? Sacramento? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if they were to move to San Diego, I'm not even sure they're the sixth best brewery here. Agreed. Same! Yes! I agree. <laughs> I'm not even sure. They yeah. might be. They're in the sixth best brewery in Roseville, and there's only like five breweries in Roseville. Oh, come on. They're the so, star of the beat. No, 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 no. Don't okay. hold on. Don't. Oh. Hold on. They are at least the sixth best brewery in the greater Sacramento area. Okay. Can I pee right now? Go ahead. Okay. This is getting really amped up. I've realized I have the bladder of a poodle where things get amped up. And I have to pee. So this is all positive podcast. And it's it's really nice in here versus outside. So that's fine. So. Go ahead. Okay. All right. For for the record though, kilowatt is absolutely fantastic. You know, the first time Chris and I had it was when we made our beer trip down to San Diego, and it was the second brewery of the day, but man, every every beer I really had gave me the chills, and that has never happened, and it's pretty incredible. And I've been two two more times since then, and when I drink the beer, it gives me the chills. It, it truly truly gives me the chills. Like I cannot believe how incredible this beer is. And if you're in San Diego and you and you love beer and you don't go to Kilowatt, truly you missed out. Because you know, the first thing I texted Chris when I went to Kilowatt for the second time was it's just as good as I remembered it being. And I can't believe it. Like I was shocked. Like I really expected it to be, you know, because I had it on a cold palate that second time, and then I had it on a cold palate that third time. And every time I've gone, which has been a total of three times, I'm about to go a fourth time. I've had a collection of the staples and the rotational beers, and it's been absolutely amazing. And I know <laughs> this is a track seven spotlight, but while we're while we're running. And we're we're sort of talking about beer, you know. Track seven, as great as this flight is, really is the fourth best brewery I've been to. And uh, between Chris and I, we've had breweries in a, or we've gone to breweries. We've had beer and gone to breweries in a lot of different areas. You know, I've been to Louisiana, been to Kansas, been to Boston. Chris is. You know, gone to Bend and gone Bend, Oregon, and gone to a, a variety of areas. And based on our two different brewery lists, 
you know, for Kilowatt to still be the best brewery we've been to really speaks to, you know, if we were to do a brewery spotlight, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly convinced Kilowatt will still be the best brewery we've been to. So you've been talking while I've been gone. 100%. Which is really just to double down why Kilowatt's the best. Is every time, every time I've had my first sip of Kilowatt, every time I've gotten chills and almost cried. And and Jordan's bragging because he's been there more than once, like me. Three times. So he, he likes to brag about how many times he's been there. No, no. Yes, I'm he just, does. Hold on. Yes, he does. I'm Jordan just telling you. About how many times I'm just Kilowatt. warning you that at the end of July you're going to get a pic of me having my double flight now that they're having flights. I may or may not be there with him. And uh, He still hasn't given me the date. I don't know if you're going to be there. He hasn't given me the date. I haven't given me. Well, I don't know when I'm going to go. I just know the date right now. Oh, I'm going to be there. I see how it is. Yeah. Okay, fine. Sounds Which like my how... sister thinks is funny that you're going to be butthurt about it. I'm going to be... I've been butthurt every time. Why does she think that's funny? It's been like three or four times now. Three. Like, it's been, that it's been, been two times without you. butthurt that you text me when you're sitting at Kilowatt. And I'm like, hey, I'm at my desk at work, and this sucks, and then Jordan's having a great time, and all this good beer. So uh, how about my favorite hurt? memories... Is my third time at Kilowatt. He's, Even he's though bragging hold again. On. He's bragging they, again. They didn't have flights though. But he's still bragging about it. They didn't have flights. Kilowatt's about, you know, a quarter of a mile off the beach. Yep. All I did was I sat there for about four hours and now Chris will tell you I'm a workaholic. One of my favorite memories was I just sat there for about five or six hours and just had I had five pints. He's bragging about it. And I sat there and just looked out at the ocean in the the uh, the long distance view mm. of where I was sitting, and just sat there and enjoyed my beer. And you know I don't unplug enough for my work, so I just I sat there and enjoyed it. And no one was there. I just got to sit there and drink my beer and have a good time. Oh. And. Uh, even without a flight, it was still the best beer I've had. I get nervous. I'll be honest with you. Every time I go to Kilowatt, I get nervous. That's not the best beer I've ever had anymore. I've been three times as been, so I, I'm willing to solidify. You know, for the sake of science, we've tested it. Yeah, I got, I got nothing. Sweet. So you stand by. To sort of hold on, I wanna be honest. Like for track seven, you say ninety four ninety five. Yeah. I give track seven a solid ninety five. I give uh I give kilowatt ninety eight. Okay. I give um Morass. How would you compare this to like a Morass Sour Flight? Oh a Morass Sour Flight. Okay, we talked about Morass based on Sours. Mm Mm-hmm. Mraz only wins based on the the variety of sours that they do at a high level. Which they do. They give so, credit. Yeah. Mraz also narrowly beats them. So for, as far as... Okay, here's where the, the kicker comes in. As far as the Sacramento sours, that's what I was speaking to. Okay. Okay. I give track 7 and 93... I give Mraz a 95. 
Because they also do barrel-aged sours. That's fair. That's fair. But but Mraz mostly does. I have the hiccups now. I don't know why. Mm. Mraz mostly does Belgians and sours. Hmm. Most of what they do. For variety, they don't have the equipment to match Track 7. For variety. Track 7 does it all. Sure. So as far as brewery goes, I would put Track 7 at 95. I would put Kilowatt at 98. Uh, and then I'd put both. Based on my tasting, I would put Great Notion and Surly both at a 96. Mm-hmm. But because Surly, or no, because Surly came on a fresh palate and Great Notion came at the end of an extensive day of beer drinking, mm-hmm. I'm willing to consider... You know, at, it's, truth be told, Great Notion might in fact be be the best brewery we've ever been to. It just came at the end of the day versus early in the day versus where Kilowatt went. And I've had a fresh palate tackle at Kilowatt three different times now, which is why I'm willing to consider them that. Mm-hmm. So to play devil's advocate, I'm willing to say Great Notion might be close, but 98 versus 96 is not a, a difficult jump. Mm-hmm. But I would I would put both. Based on my experience and how I've stacked these events, I would put both Surly and Great Notion at 96 and give Great Notion the tiebreaker and Track 7 95. Which is to say, I think Track 7 is close to Great Notion and Surly, just let's mm-hmm. not for food. Mm-hmm. Unless you're at the well, other side. We haven't been. Well, I've been to the other side. It's fantastic. You haven't been. But I don't think it's better than Surly, based on the description of Surly, or uh, we both went to Great Ocean and it had awesome food options. So I think the fact that we started with a Track 7 Spotlight, which in our history, when we do a spotlight of a brewery, we don't talk about other breweries as much. It's true. We just talk about the the, the range of beer that we're able to get in crowlers or cans and, and talk about the kind of spread and what we think about the three and then do a reflection on the brewery. We have a lot of experience with Track 7. We have, um, beyond these sours and IPAs, we have the styles of Golden Stout, the Pale Ales, the Ambers, Amber, you know, Dale Amber, um, all, all kinds of crazy stuff from Track 7. I think that's what they would call metadata, the beyond the experience yeah. uh, universal data. So I think what's all, I want to point out the fact that we're talking about Track 7 and what it kind of entices is this discussion you and I are having about the best beer we've ever had Yeah, has some sort of weight. The fact that we're talking about Track 7 in the same conversation with Surly or Kilowatt, I think that, that holds a lot of weight, even though Track 7 might be the bottom of that, that well, ranking list. Well, to be clear, right? Leonard was at his peak yeah. you know, about two years ago. New mm-hmm. Glory had a stake in that, that conversation as well. Yeah, but I'm saying like the, the fact that Track 7 would do a spotlight on Track 7 but we're also talking about Track 7 in relation to the best beer that we've ever had, and it's still in the conversation, I think says a lot. It's That's true. all I'm saying. It's true. That's, we're talking about, like, it would kill a lot. For me, it's still, I've only done it once. It's amazing. I've never had anything as good as Kilowatt. It's supposed to be sours, the almond uh, porter or, or the stout that we had, uh, the different IPAs that we had. The experience overall talking to the guy who was pouring us beer, who made the beer, that's something we don't get at every brewery. Plus, Track 7, we know Track 7 makes good beer. Um, 
Surly, you've been to Surly, Minnesota. I've been, to, I've had a couple of beers here. We've had some Surly stuff here. Uh, the closest thing we have to Surly is, um, I would say, Urban Roots, where they have the chef and the, the brewmaster making stuff kind of paired together. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same as Surly, but it's it's similar. Um, I would say Urban Roots is probably five or six if you were to put these guys in a ranking with Surly. And At the highest. Kilowatts, Urban Roots, highest. Track 7. Yeah, so I think that Track 7 being in that conversation of the best beer of the unit I've ever had says a lot. Yeah. And this flight here, it just kind of reinforces that. It's the flight of uh, three, it's actually four different kinds of sours if you really want to analyze it. And but, really kind of diverse types of kettle sours. Which yeah. It's just hard to see. And so it, you and I, well, you haven't had a lot of seltzers. I, I hate seltzers with a passion. And I actually kind of like this, oh, yeah, uh, Sharkinator or shark fin or fin, whatever you call it. Um, What's it called? Let's look at the label. Before I, I start, you know, mispronouncing it like a douche. Keep going. Sharkleberry Fin Heart Seltzer, which you know, I just talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, Track 7's had a lot of sours that were turned into seltzers, especially this Oh Yeah series. This Oh Yeah series inspired by Kool-Aid and... Uh, Them rolling into a hard seltzer. They've done this before. This is the third or fourth hard seltzer they've had. We passed on the other ones because I just don't like hard seltzers. I, I'd be honest, I don't like hard seltzers. But this one, this uh, Sharkleberry one, is, is fantastic. And uh, I kind of wish I could go back in time and try the other ones. But again, we're talking about the difference between a craft hard seltzer and over the counter generic hard seltzer which uh, I guess is kind of the experience we have with, with these IPAs or with these sours or hard seltzers if you had the mass-produced generic kinds and then you finally try a, uh, a craft brew version of your favorite kind of beer. So let's, we, we go back in time we talk about the uh, Fort Rock Damn Good Pilsner and to me that's one of the best um, gateway beers to craft beer because if you if you try the Fort Rock Pilsner it's a fantastic beer but you've also had PBR you've also had Budweiser and then you try the Fort Rock Pilsner and say hey this is really good this is the difference between mass-produced and um, craft right and that, that's kind of my argument with with Truly's White Claws and this, this oh yeah hard seltzer we had tonight uh, maybe some of the other sour beers you can see at Walmart or whatever compared to some of these sours that Track 7 makes. There's huge gap. I mean, even these IPAs gap. that we've had versus what you'll... Versus at least most of the IPAs, you know, you'll see Revision and potentially New Glory and potentially Device mm, yeah. um, come out with better beers. I think Revision is probably... Which is in Reno, which is in Nevada, yeah. right? Yeah, it's probably a better pound-for-pound pound IPA maker than Track 7. Specifically IPA, pound-for-pound. Pound. Yeah. They just also IPA. throw so many more darts at the dartboard. Uh-huh. Um, and I think even the fact that we can't say for certain that's what's happening is really so integral to what's happening at Track 7. 
Chapter 7, but also the kind of the fall of New Glory. Yeah, so that's kind of it's sad. Yeah, they had a lot of good sours. I think they've fallen so far that currently we're not interested in doing Brewery Spotlight. I don't think so. I don't think so, because they're kind of just doing staples right now. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I would um, agree. So, uh, unless there's any closing thoughts on track 7, I think this is a good place to, to close it. Yeah, so I work with with companies all over the world and, and some of the companies now out of the area coming to Sacramento for training and whatnot. This is one of the breweries that I say, yes, if you come to Sacramento and you like beer, you have you, to try it. You and I have finally aligned saying, yes, you have to go to Track 7. Best brewery in Sacramento. It is now the best Wait, what? Oh, oh, oh. Yes. I Man. agree. I agree. I didn't even think I'd ever hear that. Really, just because New Glory yep. was killing it for so long. With the volume, yep. too. They were, whoever sold New Glory to the new management <sighs> must have made a killing, and good for them. A year ago, even Device was garbage. Now Device is good. I don't yeah. know what happened to Device. They've put out some good beers. I really like them. Yeah. We've gone. We've had some work outings where we've opted to go to Device instead of the Glory. Oh, yeah. So great. The 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 scene's changing. I think Track Seven's still number one. I think we just showed that tonight. We got a triple, a double, some Imperial, some regular uh, sours, some some seltzers. The only thing we didn't have from them was some stouts. We had we had a Blondie last week, which Jordan said an honorable mention. Uh, track Seven's still. Hitting all the different variants on the board, everything's you know up for grabs for them still. And uh, we like all the beers they make. We, I don't think we they've put out a bad beer in the last four weeks. So, At the very least, yeah. Yeah, so so track seven all the way. Sweet. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.